And welcome back to the Podmore Get Better podcast. Today is August 26, 2018. I'm Will Sansed, and I'm joined by Tony Johnson. Whammy and Jesus. Yeah, we're uh, we're here live, uh, recording from Burnsville, playing some Golden Tea early, also uh, watching the stream on the current uh, Golden Tea TV stream with the Cincinnati Open. Yeah, we're just right around noon on the 26th, and so we've seen a couple silver matches. And now the gold matches are starting to uh, get going, and I, I think we just watched uh, Orlando Ayala and Mike Hall. Yeah. I don't know who won, actually. We, we ducked in here before it ended. Hall, Hall, Hall and O's. Was, uh, Hall yeah. and O's, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was, it looked like Orlando was up a few strokes. So, uh, But yeah, we've got the Cincy Open happening right now, and uh, we've got some news this week. Yeah, we had uh, 91 participants at Cincinnati. Uh, some of the news we're going to talk about here, we got the summer swing, uh, kind of just goes back to a few select homeowners. Uh, 20 folks should be looking in the mail for their cards. Apparently the cards uh, have... I'm, I'm still looking. Okay. Uh, uh, I, uh, I, although I was, I was not around yesterday, so it, perhaps it arrived yesterday. Uh, otherwise, maybe if Al Jazz got his, I can just use his card. Ooh. They are transferable. You that's just correct. can't play more than one round. Maybe Al Jazz and I could play together. Oh, that'd be angle dirty. Shoot. That oh, an that's a huge right angle shoot right there. Uh, right? We won't do that. We're think, not cheaters. I think that'd be bad we'll news bears. Uh, but Tony, I'm going to throw it over to you here. This is uh, this is pretty exciting. They uh, announced on Facebook here the first of the two remastered courses for 2019. I know. They, uh, about a month ago, maybe not quite that long, they were looking for some retweets. If they yeah. got know, 200, 200, 200 retweets, they are going to... They were going to release it then. I think they made I think it to they got like 140. Oh, <laughs> they were yeah, short. They, they were short. Uh, so they waited, but they finally dropped the bomb on us. So we got the first course this week. They say that this coming week they're going to release the second course. Uh, Will and I are hoping to find a Golden Tee Complete in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area. Uh, if anybody knows where one is in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, let us know, please. Because uh, we'd like to actually play the courses the way they were originally. But the first one that was released... Uh, was uh, Crawdad Swamp. This is exciting. This uh, this was one of the first years I played, and this this course was a really tough course. And of course, we're talking about going back to stock stock. You all had the same clubs. You all had the same balls. I mean, everyone was on even playing field. There were no shots where it's like, well, you have an eight wood. I have a three three hybrid. You know, where you might have a better look in some instances than I may have. So this is uh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So back then, stock stock driver three wood. Five wood, two iron, three iron, four iron, five iron, six iron, seven iron, eight iron, nine iron, pitching wedge, sand wedge. Yeah. No special spins on any of those, just stock, stock, stock balls. No ball right. tracers. So dri- driver goes, no, no ball tracers. Uh, driver goes 300. Um, but uh, Karate was probably one of the toughest uh, courses from the four days. <clears throat> I'm curious to see how it plays a lot easier or not easier with tees. Uh, a lot. It's it's got a lot of lowish trees that I remember giving us fits back in the day. Agreed. Uh, but I'm curious to see if like a high T five wood will now kind of render a lot of those trees meaningless. So the plan is right now. I haven't looked. I've only looked at hole one. I, I we're gonna go hole by hole real quick and just kind of talk about them on the fly. Yeah, we're gonna do. It I don't on remember the fly. this course. I mean, I remember it being difficult, but I don't remember any specific holes. I couldn't. I couldn't 
tell you what hole 18 looks like at this point. Yeah, so we're going to do a full breakdown here. Uh, when we typically do classic course of the week, we look at it, we kind of write down some notes, uh, you know, certain clubs, certain tees, and so forth. But Tony and I are going to go through this hole by hole on the fly, so not yes. looking in advance and uh, just kind of getting our reactions to how we recall this course setting up. And plus, this week's classic course of the week, which we won't reveal yet, you got to keep listening, uh, it's a boring one, so we're not going to talk about it that much. And recent. And recent. It, well, yeah. Any any course that had tees, or, you know, when it was first released, if tees were available, I feel like those courses are pretty boring for us to talk about. So we'll talk about yeah. a few holes when we get there. Uh, but our big breakdown is going to be Crawdad Swamp this week. Yeah, this is exciting. This is really cool news so from IT. So when I'm looking... When I'm looking at these holes, and also when I was, I've kind of gone through some of these courses to look at what it, I, I think Kings Canyon would be a really, really fun I think course. that would be and fantastic. I, and I, I know that because I've, I've looked at some of these courses on goldenteafan.com, so that's where we're looking at all these images from. Um, but what I'm looking for is, is something now drivable that wasn't then? Agreed. Or is there something that was in your way that won't be in your way anymore with tees? And yes. so we're starting on hole one. And the Golden Tee fan picture is a distance of 466. So first blush, not drivable. Water in front of the green also makes it not drivable. And then you look at the tee boxes. And the tee boxes, while we're in the back tee box on this particular picture, uh, you're not going to gain a ton of distance by either of the other tee yeah, boxes. Yeah, 15, 20 yards maybe. And so I think that this is going to be kind of a... A, a shot where you're trying to hole out. It's not going to be a. You're not going to be minus two after one unless you get a hole out. Yeah, you're going to have minimal wins on the first hole. It's a flat green. Uh, we've talked about potentially laying up in the rough, or potentially lining up. So you are 100% into the wind, or 100% having the wind with you to take the wind out of the equation. Yeah, and the green looks pretty big, uh, so it might be a vanguard long putt Ooh. opportunity. We'll see. It's tough to tell on these pictures. Uh, hole two. Oh no! Looks drivable to me. No. Two sixty-two. <laughs> uh, I remember this hole. You used to have to cut a five. There's a bunch of trees in between you and the green. You have to cut a five foot around because you couldn't go over the top. Uh, I got money says that you can go over the top with a high tee now. Uh, still doesn't look like the easiest, but uh, you know, hole two. I bet it won't be so bad. It'll be a relatively easy eagle, is my guess. Yeah, early on, this is uh, this is kind of an exciting hole, too. The, the green you're going to notice if you go to goldenteafan.com and follow along on the podcast as you're going through this, uh, the green doesn't have much break to it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a left two green, uh, not a lot of slope, but you don't see a lot of slope on greens early on. Uh, the big defense on this hole originally was the trees that are in your way, and, and, and I suspect that it'll be less of an issue now with tees. I, I, I think that this looks to me like a... High T six wood, high T eight wood. If with the, you got a tailwind, depending on where you are in the tee box, kind of hole. And I, I think it'll be a relatively easy eagle, but maybe not. We'll see. Yeah. And I, a little bit of feedback on the original, uh, the original redo, redo courses that Golden Tee did. So this year with Rattlesnake and Mystic Hills, is they wanted to be extremely true to the original. Mm-hmm. And I get that. That makes yeah. sense. You know. Um, but you know, if they want to play around a little bit with cliff heights tree heights i don't think anybody would begrudge them for that no you know if if they want this hole to have a strong defense of these trees then just make them taller yeah you know the, the, i mean they, they, nobody's grown, gonna call you they, out they've on grown it. in the last 16 years yeah, or well, 18 yeah. years <laughs> yeah i mean those trees don't look mature they could easily have grown another 40 feet in yeah. the last uh, 16 years great point uh hole three par three not much to it 
Uh, pretty big tee box, actually. I don't remember them doing a lot of big, long tee boxes like they do here. Uh, relatively short. Looks like uh, anywhere from 170 yards to 140 yards. Yeah, it, look, it loops up but. to the right a little bit. Yeah, kind of an interesting boomerang boomerang shaped tee box. But yeah, yeah straight, straightforward par three, kind of surrounded by water. I, I do remember starting off my golden tee career and getting wet on this hole. Oh, no. Uh, which is an absolute no, no. At the ground yeah. round? Yeah, ground round. Uh, gosh, was it Backyard Barbecue? I can't remember what the hell yeah. the name of the place was. But, yeah, I've, I've killed a lot of brain cells with my Coors Light and Miller Light. All right, moving on, hole four. This is fun. This is way more fun than breaking down yeah. the course that we'll announce in a couple, uh, in uh, 20 minutes or so. Uh, hole four is a par five. Uh, as the crow flies, 453. So interesting-ish. And it looks like you could pick up a little bit of distance on the tee box and a little bit of distance on the green, but it doesn't look like it's going to be any more, any less than like 410, yeah. which is a tough, tough one. It's tough to drive that. I suspect this won't be drivable, but it might be, uh, yeah, we'll see. The, the view of this doesn't show the fairway. Uh, just shows a straight look at the green. Uh, oh, multiple images. There Home we go. Team fan Eric doing, Nelson, doing way work. to go. Way to go. Uh, so it's a big dog leg left. Uh, as the crow flies, like I said, 450 yards or so. Uh, looks to me like it's not really going to be drivable unless you get just a perfect setup for yeah. it. Um, and uh, maybe an opportunity for streaks to get that extra 10 yards or 15 yards. Uh, looks like a pretty normal eagle hole to me. Yeah, on, on the two images that Eric Nelson provides on GoldenTFan.com, I, I remember going for the islands the majority of the time. Oh, yeah, there's I, islands I, out there. Yeah, I remember going for the islands the majority of the time, and I think with tees on this, you might be hitting a lot of high tee, five wood, six wood, eight woods to the island. Uh, the tee obviously giving you that softer, higher trajectory, yep. soft landing on this. Uh, going around to the right, I remember back in the day, you still had, I want to say, a three-wood or a driver into the hole, okay. which would still ring true. You'd still have a lot of y long yardage. But with high tees, uh, I'd be curious to see if all of a sudden you can cut down some of this corner with like a high tee 290 and get it into that secondary fairway that kind of wraps around. Um, so, so I think this will be a great hole. It, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see how this plays out. And I think we've already shown that Will has killed fewer brain cells in the last... 15 years than, than I have. Yeah. <laughs> so he remembered there was islands. I, I saw some trees out there, but I didn't remember that there were islands. But you're right now that you say that. Uh, hole five, drivable Ooh. par four. Uh, again, a little bit of uh, the same thing as hole two. You got some trees in your way, which is the defense, a little bit the opposite. It kind of wraps around to the left instead of wrapping around Correct. to the right. Uh, not a huge tee box, so you don't get a lot of variance there. Uh, start to get a little slope on the green. Uh, on this image, it's a down two, left four. Uh, two forty-eight, so six wood, five wood, maybe yeah. high T seven wood, something like that. In the way I remember this hole from back in the day is that and most you remember a lot well. Yeah, is most of the time you were trying to hit a five wood, usually with backspin into yeah. this hole. Yeah, I remember there is a kind of a little nook or a cranny off to the left to uh, where you could kind of cheat back the angle going into the screen. So I think this hole with the advent of tees and tees, you know, being a factor on this course. You're, you're going to have a shot to get there every time, most likely going straight over it be my initial thought, and unless those trees have grown. Yeah, oh, I hope they have. Uh, and, and a lot of times I think some of the old courses, the throwback courses, whether it was the live courses that we didn't have tees originally or now with the four courses that we definitely didn't have any tees, um, a lot of times with the down green, 
if it, if it's a if it's a hole with a down green, it, it negates the tees a little bit, okay. right? Because without the spin of the uh, when you high tee it, uh, you know the down green affects you a lot more. You're not able to stop the ball as quickly. Yeah, the, so, and it, this one's got a down green, so that might uh, be a little bit of a defense. And, as well. and these greens are going to be a lot smaller than you you're used to if yeah. you just start playing in the last couple of years on these live courses. Obviously, Mystic had some smaller greens. Rattlesnake had some smaller greens, but it's still really interesting. Um, the fact that we're not going to have a football size field green where we talked about with the vanguards last week where you can hit a 280 foot putt some of these greens are really tight yeah, so yeah. I, I think that'll be cool uh moving on hole six uh the opposite of what we just said big green yeah uh so hole six on this view uh, is 408 it uh looks like it's the closest tee box of the i don't know three maybe but the pin is all the way back in a really big green so it looks like this could play down to like 300 and 20 yards from this tee box so this looks like a drivable one i suppose there could be setups where it's not uh down four green we'll see yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pull out a brain cell that's actually saved back in the database i do remember going for this green before uh getting eagle a couple times but mainly getting wet so i think tees uh tees is definitely going to shorten this hole for everyone uh giving you an eagle opportunity i i think a fairly decent amount of the time here uh short of the green there are kind of little ponds uh, mixed in between mounds, I've gone into the I've gone into the ponds. I've stayed dry on the on the mounds there. Um, but yeah, I think tees are going to help this out. Where this is this is probably a half stroke hole, potentially depending on clubs, potentially depending on balls. This one, just kind of looking at it as you're talking there, this looks like a good hole. Like this yeah. looks like a really good. We now we've got some risk tees, reward, yeah. risk reward. This looks like a fun one, even for a hole six. You know, pretty early on, looks like a looks like a fun hole to me. Oh, hold on. Here we go. It's, it's, Sound effect time. It's Sunday morning. It's still in the morning. Is it technically? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 11, Just barely. 11.56. We're uh, working on our second or third. or you know, But we're going to keep going for you guys. Uh, uh, that break was brought to you by this week's sponsor, Cannon's Beauty Salon. More on that later. Uh, hole 7, uh, par 5. Ooh. We've got a couple images again. It's a great design, shout, Jim. Shout great out, design. Shout out to uh, Golden Tee fan. Multiple images. Well done. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember this hole at all. This this hole, uh, it's a par 5 here. And if I recall right, you're actually looking to lay up right around 100 to a, or excuse me, 300 to 320 yards. And if you do it mm. right, uh, you're going to have a 5-wood that will clear the trees. If you go too far, um, there's kind of a dip in the trees where if you go too far, you're going to have tall trees. Yep. Uh, if you're too short, trees are going to be too tall. But if you hit that sweet spot, you're going to have a five wood into the green. And I want to say... Were there islands in this? Because there's water in between you and the green. It kind of doggles through that. Were there islands out there? Yeah, there are little islands. Uh, not anything you're going for because okay. you're going to hit the approach. But I also recall, um, if you're following along on Golden Tee Fan, which I hope you are because Eric Nelson be. Otherwise, does, a, this is pure gibberish. does a great job... Um, there is this kind of reminds me of goodness what's the course winding pines where i believe back in the day you used to be able to actually turn a couple times and go off into the rough where you might hit a three wood five wood into the rough but then you'd have a longer club in uh such as a three wood or driver but that's also not going to backspin sure um okay well certainly not drivable correct so, correct uh, <laughs> so, uh, so you're looking at eagle as the standard here yep 
uh, and and now that you know we describe will described kind of how to play this hole, I think I you know sort of remember it and. Yeah, it's going to be uh, target golf on your on your tee shot to Correct. give yourself a good look. Yeah, th- this isn't who can hit the biggest A1 or C3. This is going to be a target golf and setting up your approach shot. Sounds like perfect for Paul Luna. Yes, yes. Uh, someone who we know cannot hit a big A1 or a C3. Oh, he, he'll get there one day. Yeah, I mean, cr- Crawdad doesn't have much elevation change. Uh, there were some great setups earlier in the day as we were watching the Cincy Open on YouTube. Uh, we had some Rhineland setups that were close. Uh, Tony Johnson, I got darn close. Tony Johnson hit a uh, big C three. We documented it with video evidence, and Tony came to a four fifty seven, just ten yards short of Paul Anthony Luna's longest drive of all time, just in a regular game. I wanted to so badly. Yeah, and and it was only like a seven win. It was a tailwind, but it was seven. Like if that would have been eleven, ooh, I'd have had it. Yeah, it, it would have got there. That'd have been sweet. Uh, hole eight, par three. Uh, not a ton to it. Looks like there's a few tee boxes around. Is there multiple greens? I think. What's that over there on the right hand side? Uh, flat green. So anytime I see a flat green, it smells like hole out. Yeah, send, sending in mini missiles, potentially clubbing up on a long iron here, hitting bite, trying yeah. to keep it, trying to keep it low. And let me. Uh, nope, I killed that brain cell. I, oh, I don't remember. I, I don't remember if there are multiple greens on this hole. I don't remember them doing a lot of multiple greens. I just saw something over here on the right-hand side that thought, eh, maybe that's a green, maybe it's a tee box. I'm not sure. Yeah. Over here. That's interesting. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, hole 9, uh, par 4, listed at 452 on this screenshot. Doesn't look like you pick up any real distance on the tee box and looks to me like a non-drivable par 4. Yeah, agreed. Uh Looks like there's water in front, and you're just never going to be able to hit it far enough to clear it. Uh, looks like a lay it up in the fairway, find a straight wind, and try to hole out that way. Yeah, get your birdie, move on. At the at the turn, stop for some drinks. Will, yeah, cheers. cheers it up. Yep, here we go. Mm. Delicious. All right, ready for the back <laughs> nine. Uh, I'm personally drinking Surly Furious today. Will, going with the Silver Bullet. Cold course. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got blue mountains here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drink them before uh, the mountains turn white here and this beer warms up. Global warming, you know, you'd hate hate yeah. for those mountains to deglaciate. Yeah, if that's a real word. Felt right. Yeah, it, it's in the English or Oxford English Dictionary, so okay. we're good to go. Uh, hole ten says two eighty four. <clears throat> Sounds drivable to me. Yeah, uh, this is almost certainly one that is going to be way easier with tees than back in the day. Uh, looks like a, looks to me like a high five wood, high four wood kind of kind of hole. Yeah, this this looks actually uh, kind of like Bayou Bay in some regards. These yes. uh, these trees yes. have similar feelings to it, where they're kind of you know low on the bottom. They don't have much foliage or anything Ooh, like that. We're dropping uh, bombs over here. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna take a three ten driver and do a low tee and try to skip this. To Tony's point, I think with tees being in play now it's always going to be a high four five or six depending on the wind depending on how you want to cut the ball into this green do you expect that crawdad will have a lot of invisaleafs like bayou does uh <laughs> no comment i uh i i have my hunches i i'm guessing uh fairly soon within the first week or so there will be a lot of youtube saying hey you might want to check the uh you know the breakdown point of where this is this was off by 10 15 feet um, it, it's just one of those programming things, and I don't think it probably came into play. And with the graphics resolution that we have now, I think that we might see more of that would yeah. be my guess. We'll see. 
but 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 I think this I is happen great to notice a few on Indigo Mound. Yes, a couple weeks back. I've, I've had those as well. Uh, they tend to. It seems like nowadays we still get them occasionally on the new courses, and and they get the feedback and they actually fix it. Yeah. Whereas some of these classic course of the weeks, they just haven't, you know, they've since found the solution, but haven't gone back to fix some of the classic course of the weeks to fix some of these invisibles. Yeah, I think one really of the, I, I think one of the biggest callouts for incredible technologies and folks on the, uh, you know, the golden tea side of the business is I don't know if you remember when Teal Garden first came out. Was it Teal Garden Seventeen, the bell hole? Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, there were folks ar- around the bell to the left side and right side. There were gaps in there, and folks. I was hitting you know low eight woods, primarily a five hybrid, and you could see on the YouTube data this ball go go through the gap. You thought you nutted the shot, hit a great dang shot, and cling cling clang, and all of a sudden your ball's in the water. You're not getting your eagle. And I recall IT was very diligent in that, and they yeah. went back through, know, and I believe they were looking at something called collision data, um, and polygons and hexagons and algebra and geometry and all that crap. Um, but yeah, physics. They, yeah, they, chemistry. They, yeah, they they went back through and looked at the data, and they fixed it. They they listened to the players' feedback. So I think yeah, IT is really going to take this to heart. They uh, obviously take a lot of pride in the game. They want to see this game grow. That's one thing that Don from IT is really clear about. They want to see this game grow. So they're going to listen to player feedback. I mean, every video game has glitches. They want to look to fix those glitches to make sure that if players are hitting the right shot, they get credit for that shot, not penalized. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, and I wonder if there's certain types of trees that give them, you know, uh, collision data fits more than others. Who knows? Yeah, that's a great call. Uh, All right, hole 11. the distance says 328. Woo. Oh, this could get exciting. Hashtag drivable. Yeah. Uh, I bet we used to drive this extremely occasionally, but looking at the Golden Tee fan shot, uh, I don't. I bet it was extremely rare. Uh, yeah. And, and I bet it was only from there's. Looks like to me like there's three tee boxes. Looks like kind of in a triangle formation. Uh, I bet from the front box we could maybe occasionally get on, but never really other other than that. Uh, this to me looks like a really nice hole. This is this yeah. is a really looks to me like a really good golden tee live hole. Now with tees, clubs. Yeah, considering this is a hole eleven, um, I think we're gonna bring back in the risk reward where you might get a tee box where it gets a little tight. It looks like you're gonna be hitting an A one or an A one and a half variation every yep. time you play this, depending on the setup. But early on on the backside, we're we're seeing a pretty good risk reward hole. Mm-hmm. Because it looks like we do have water off to the right. Uh, it looks like we have a couple bunkers kind of protecting the green. The green has a decent slope. It has a little bit of an uphill. So I think if oh. you can land short and potentially trickle on the green here, you might set yourself up for an eagle early yeah. on the backside. Green is up three, left nine. I didn't notice that. So Ooh, we had a big slope. Nine. Left big slope here. Almost knocked over our beers. That would have been tragic. Oh! Create our own swamp here. Uh, hole 12. More drivable holes. Oh. I love them. This one for sure was drivable back in the day. This actually looks like it was uh, probably one of the easier holes on the back nine, eagle-wise, uh, back then. Kind of a straight straight shot at uh, at a green that's down seven. So uh, anytime I see a down seven, it smells like bite to me. Yeah. Land it short and let it roll. Uh, hole 13, par three. Ooh, Ooh we got mul- tears. Multi-tier tears. green. Here we go. Uh, I don't know if this was the original tier hole or not. Probably not, but no. Uh, you, big you, you, big you, green par three, tier right in the middle. 
I remember this hole. The tier usually didn't come into play too much, but it would have every once in a while. This this reminds me a little bit of Rattlesnake 17, and to Tony's point that we talked about earlier with multiple tee boxes, I vividly remember, so this better be in the game, Mr. Zelensky, uh, I vividly remember different tee boxes on this, where right now we're looking uh, on goldenteefan.com. We are looking Straight at hole, hole 13. Nice little medium iron, depending on if you're shooting for the top tier, bottom tee. Tier, I'm pretty sure that there was a, another tee box where all of a sudden you had, you know, like a five wood coming into this or hmm. a two iron or three iron. So I'm pretty sure we have multiple tee boxes in effect here. Um, but yeah, multi-tiered green. You said uh, you said tiers. I thought I heard cheers. So we're going to toast this up. If you want to toast it up with us at home, here we go for uh, hole 13 on Crowdhead. Mm. Delicious. Ride the bullet. All right, hole 14. We're going to continue on Crowdad here, hole 14. This is a par 4. Uh, doesn't look drivable. 478 yards. Looks like there's four or five tee boxes on this. Um, Looks like you could maybe pick up 40 yards or so with a better tee box than we've got here, but and maybe 30 yards on the on the green, but looks to me like it's going to be... If if it's drivable, it's going to be just with a perfect setup. We had one of those earlier, and yeah, I, I think I think short side there, uh, it's slightly protected by a creek. You have a bunker back on the long side, and then ultimately you're coming into it. You're you're going into a down six. I, to Tony's point, I think it's going to require the absolute perfect setup to get there. But I hope you guys prove me wrong. That's that's what half the fun of this is. Look, looks to me like you could get kind of close to the end of the fairway, which is relatively close to the green. Um, and then maybe from there would be a chip. So maybe you're looking at a lot of kind of 40 or 50 yard chips on this hole, which I suck at, so that's bully for me. <laughs> uh, hole 15. Oh, I remember this one. 239. Uh, I bet we used to suck at this hole. Yes, I, I remember uh, there are different oh, tee boxes oh, here. Oh, look at these tee boxes. There's a tee box to the left tucked up against the trees where you could try to hit a two iron or kind of do a baby cut on a driver and hopefully skip up through the sand onto the green. Otherwise, if you were in the right-hand tee box, you were hoping for a good setup where you could cut something in and around onto the green. So this uh, this definitely has me thinking now about potentially carrying something like an O-bird, a two-bird, some low-lofted club where this tee box might come into play. Well, and there's certain types of courses, mainly based on what types of trees are in that course, that the Obert works for and we've talked about a little bit with the 2019 courses that we've previewed a little bit yeah um and certain courses look like oh well the trees on that course look like it make it look like an Obert course uh if if memory serves it seems like this uh crowded swamp the branches on these trees hangs really low and so in my mind it's not a great Obert course but you know who knows i mean it only takes one hole that's yeah. way easier with a zero hybrid for me to put a zero hybrid oh, in the bag. Good. Goodbye, four wood. Hello, zero yeah. hybrid. Save me a stroke. Yeah, especially if you're late in the round, you're coming into a match. We got Cincinnati going on live right now. Uh, you want to have that stroke available to you. Absolutely. You don't want to have a club in your bag that could have been replaced with something else to help you get that eagle as opposed to having to lay up for a birdie. Because, as I've said before, if I've, you know, I've got six wood, five wood, four wood, three wood. The four wood I like, but it's a luxury club. There's no mm -hmm. hole out there that's like it's only there with a four wood. Yeah, right. You just hit your five wood a little bit harder or your three wood a little bit softer. Correct. There correct. are holes and setups where it's only there with a zero hybrid, mm -hmm. and so uh, it only takes one. Like I said, if if this hole is 
you know, easy or easier with a zero hybrid from that from that front tee box, then it's going in the bag. And goodbye yeah. forward. All right, moving on to uh, Crawdad Swamp Hole 16. We got a par three here. Uh, multi. Looks like. Uh, multi distances. Looks to me like uh, Cumberland 17. That's a good call. That green is almost the same shape. It's the same slope down nine from the from the look we've got here. It looks like it's a little bit shorter than Cumberland 17, but looks to me like kind of the same damn hole. Yeah. This is uh we're, we're going to see some tee box variation it looks like a bit, but I think it's going to be a short to mid-range iron every time. Yeah. Whether it's a uh it's a wedge, I know as the wind picks up here, we're definitely going to have holes where it might only be 60 70 yards on this hole, but possibly up into the 140 150 range. Uh, next up, hole 17. Uh, I can almost guarantee this hole gave us fits when we only had irons. Because uh, right now it, it's listed at 203 yards. Uh, looks like that's pretty standard. Doesn't look like you change your distance a ton by the tee boxes. Um, I think there is a back right tee box, it looks like, with more of a cut. But looking at that initial distance of the 203 that looks pretty standard, this is just screaming 8 wood, 9 wood, potentially 7 wood. And big slope on the green. It's listed as a up two right ten on this screenshot. So we got a big slope, uh, which is sloping toward water. Uh, this looks like a fun hole because uh, I don't you're, remember you're, this hole much. That that brain cell, yeah, gone again. Probably because we were always putting it in the bunker straight ahead because there was no way to get on the green unless I, I suspect the only way back in the day was to have a big headwind and have your five would just be able to cut down and the baby distance cut enough. it, yeah. Um, and Lord knows we sucked at baby cuts back in 2003. Uh, all right, so that looks like a good hole. Yeah, that Jim Jim Zielinski, there's, there's a lot of good creations, uh, obviously with the original format and then reintroducing this. I think this is a great call uh, to Tony's point about potentially Kings Canyon, looking at variances to par, drivable holes. Uh, I think you did a great job on Crowded Swamp. This is really exciting. It's coming back into the rotation. And closing out with hole 18. Uh, drivable all the time. Looks like a lot of tee box variation. Big slope on the green. A, a left 10 uh, sloping towards water, as slopes often do. Uh, and I remember occasionally purposely dumping it in the bunker, which is on the to other the side of the water from this left 10, uh, and then hoping to make a chip. Because yeah. otherwise it was just, you know, if you had a big right to left wind, we just, we couldn't play that shot we just yeah because it was just it. you were either hitting a naked shot where you didn't have spin on it or you had backspin as your options i, yeah, I, I no agree roll, with you no as well bite. yeah i think back in the day at otos uh chicago attorney challenges and so forth there were there were folks laying up in the bunker here um trying to either make their chip for eagle or at worst getting birdie yeah uh so overall i'm pretty excited looks yeah. like a fun course looks like there's a few holes that are definitely a lot more interesting now that we've got tees and uh, different cl different clubs, excuse me. Um, if memory serves, we had two non-drivable par fours. We had one that was maybe borderline. Two non-drivables and four par threes, uh, which tells me it's a minus 30 par. Well, I think back in the day, I might disagree with you here. I think back in the day, uh, I want to say Crawdad was a 26 par, but with tees, I think it'll move up because we have hole one that wasn't there. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. There was another one, like hole nine, closed out the back nine. Yeah, let's do a front quick. Nine. Let's so do a hole quick one, not drivable. So minus one, hole two, minus three, minus four, 
Minus five, six. six. Seven, eight. Nine, ten. This is riveting radio, I bet. Uh, Eleven, twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. So fourteen front. Okay. Because nine, like nine is nine. That's a good number. Uh, now we got ten. Eagle. So minus. So just counting the back nine. Minus two. Eleven's uh, drivable. That's minus good. four. Yep. Minus six. Minus seven with a par three. Oh, this one's non-drivable. So uh, minus eight. Minus eight. Nine, ten. Eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15. So oh, 29. 29 okay. par. Um, which is good. I, 29 is a good par. Yeah, that, that that's fun. That's scoreable. And one of the things I hope for this is that they keep that damn crawdad or lobster logo. That's a gorgeous logo. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy has a golf club in one hand, the ball in the other hand. It says crawdad swamp. It's just someone make this a teacher t-shirt whether it's golden tea or whether it's richard king it's it's just a gorgeous logo it's it's fantastic yeah i'm just admiring the logo i got nothing else to say even (laughs) even the color scheme is good you got some green in there uh that's the lobster's red of course uh so yeah all right i'm excited for crawdad that was fun to kind of do a live breakdown again i didn't even remember a lot of those holes but uh yeah so uh looking forward to that if memory serves um, the schedule of the throwback courses last year was available. So Mystic was delayed by a month compared to Rattlesnake. And they opened it up. Yeah. There was. I want to say December 1st was invites for Rattlesnake. Yep. And then January 1st live was play. live play. And then maybe Mystic was delayed two months. So invites opened up February 1st. First, and live play opened up March first. Sounds yeah. Th- there was right. they definitely staggered it. Where I know folks had to jump on the invite train if they wanted to play them because some live play players I don't want to say felt jilted, but they looked at the homeowners who got to just basically pay fifty cents a game, sending each other free invites. Where they got to really, advantage me. Yeah, Tony Johnson starts smiling. There, um, there's a reason I used to call, <laughs> I used to call Rattlesnake the money printer. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so it'll be interesting to see in terms of the rollout schedule because now that we know the courses, it's right around the same time frame. I know I went back and checked Golden uh, com news from last year, and it was mid-August, just kind of like how it is now, I believe the 17th and 18th of last year, where they announced the courses on back-to-back days of uh, Rattlesnake and Mystic Hills. So so we're, we're looking forward. We should get the release schedule uh, next week in terms yeah. of the second remastered course. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. And like we said, if anyone in the Minneapolis area knows of a local Golden Tea Complete, please uh, message Tony John or myself. We'd like to do a live breakdown where we can actually play these courses for you and take some notes and kind of give you guys some feedback on how we think certain courses will play with the new clubs. All right, so uh, welcome back. I know we've been doing a lot of segments uh, here called Save and Strokes, and we've talked about a lot of yeah. different things. We've talked about balls talked about clubs we've talked about wins um and you know frankly we're running out of things that we think are meaningful enough to talk about that that we think might be interesting to people so we're we're shifting focus a little bit uh we're going to open it up to a mailbag yeah we we, we've had folks who have you know tweeted at us sent us emails sent us facebook messages on messenger and basically said hey thanks for saving strokes but then they followed it up with a question tony so i think to Tony's point, we're going to kind of try to roll saving strokes up 
and with a mailbag option. So we want to hear you guys and what questions you have. Not just your feedback, which you guys have been very generous on, but send us questions about maybe something you're struggling with. Maybe something maybe you Maybe it's a specific hole. Yeah, if you yeah, if you've been watching Golden Tee TV and wonder how these guys continue to clear certain holes or get these scores, send that to us. That that's what we're here for. We want to help you guys enjoy the game and improve your game because when you're improving, that's what makes it more fun. How can you consistently get eagle on Rattlesnake 18? Like, Ooh. you know, that would be one example. Like, you know, that's a tough hole. It's island hole can lead to some tough setups. How can I get eagle there more consistently? Yeah, rather it, than maybe like half the time. Yeah, if, if you're looking for my approach to a shot or Tony's approach to a shot or kind of the well-known consensus among the top players, send that to us. That's what we're here for, and we'd love to communicate that to you. So so thanks again for listening. Uh, obviously bring that in. But next up, we want to talk about something that is huge and near and dear to my heart. This is uh, We have a reload on a sponsor. Oh. They've seen an increase in business, yes. and they want to continue to get the word out. And not just with audio on a podcast, but, oh my gosh, even on shirts. Swag. I, I've, I've seen a shirt walking around here in Burnsville. It is Heather Gray, and it has pink sleeves, and it says Cannon's Beauty Salon on it. Oh. All the way out here in Minnesota. I mean, the, this thing is going The network from, is spreading. It's Yeah, I, I don't know if Did he open a branch here that I don't know about? I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just someone who was scouting out locations, um, but I'm hoping it's here because Lord knows my need, my hair needs well, a haircut. you know, I think Will's got some pretty short hair. It, it's maybe receding, little, too. Got some gray in there, so maybe you can yep. use a little coloring. Yeah, the tint would be I mean, huge. it'd be tough to shape your hair much. Mine, mine's <laughs> kind of long right now, and so maybe I could use a little... You know, not just to trim. I think you could. Use I got some, some gray in there too. Let's be honest. But you could use some pomade or some gel and kind of style that back. You got a little bit of wings kicking out on the ears. Yep. Slick it back a little. You could. I mean, maybe a little, maybe a little fin on top too. I don't know if Mike can help us out with that, you, but you might be the new Minneapolis Ryan Reynolds if you swung into Cannon's Beauty Salon. Well, I mean, I can't argue with that. No, sh- shout out I mean, to Mike Cannon. This is uh, this is huge. I-, I think Tony could be a beneficiary here. I know I could be, so I'm hoping that they're expanding here. Seeing that shirt walk around, that green, that pink, that caught my eye right away. Oh, yeah. Those colors pop. Oh, gosh. It- it- it's a great contrast. It's a great hue. So make sure to check out Cannon's Beauty Salon. Mike Cannon, thank you for everything you've done for us. We hope we're getting the word out for your business because... We're seeing it grow in Minnesota. I want to hear about folks in Kansas City. I want to see this all the way out, spread out. Book it on Richard King Travel Agency. Fly your new potential franchisees all the way out to California, Michael Cannon, and we're going to see this thing pop. It's going to be all around. That is some unbelievable sponsor synergy that you just dropped there. Yeah. Travel via Richard King Travel Agency to a, a Cannon Beauty Salon. I can't think of anything better. For yeah. the Podmore Get Better podcast. Yeah. Stop at one in Salt Lake City. You miss your flight. Scout out some new locations. Continue on your way to California the Looking next day. Great. You've killed two birds with one stone. I mean, you you might get a promotion. You might oh. get a promotion. Wow. So thank you, Michael Cannon. Uh, next, we're unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, but we're going to go to Classic Course of the Week here. Um, in, in As much as I respect IT and they've they've shared the Classic Course of the Week with us, um, and I thank them for that because it's, it's been a great help with this podcast here. Uh, this week's Classic Course of the Week is Celtic Shores. This is a fairly fairly uh, new release here same, uh, in the last couple years. Yeah, same year as uh, Pearl Lagoon. I think it was a 2014 course. So we're throwing it back three or four years. 
in my mind, it's way more fun when you're throwing it way back. Yeah. Cumberland, Greek Hills even wasn't that far back, but it was you know a little further back. Courses without the balls and the tees. Yes. Yeah. And it, and from our perspective, they're way more interesting to talk about and break down if they're way different than they used to be. Yeah, how they can change Golden Tee Par from back in the day well, to now. The only thing that's changed from when this course was originally released, no pun intended, was release. Now there yeah. is release. Okay. Uh, and I can't, I can't <laughs> say that specifically... Uh, anything? Well, I guess build a bag, but you know, whatever. I mean, I like build a bag, but uh, it's not going to help a ton. Um, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on Celtic Shores. Yeah, I don't uh, think anything here is going to be terribly earth-shattering. That if you haven't been playing for the last couple years, um, this is stuff you've already seen. We, we've seen it in Freaky Fridays. We've seen it whether it's in you know the daily contest. I don't know if it's been part of Throwback Contest, uh, Throwback Thursday. But this should still be fairly fresh in people's minds. So we're going to kind of give it a, a quick breakdown, not necessarily hole by hole, but just holes that you may stumble upon, things where you might look to save strokes and how to do that. All right. So uh, what, not originally on our list, but I decided to put it on our list, a uh, little curveball here, hole one. Uh, ultimately not a very, you know, it's a hole one. Most 99% of the time not drivable. Uh, but actually, I remember very occasionally it is drivable. So... Look for this with a tailwind, good box, uh, potentially being drivable. I'm always looking for a good box. <laughs> well, and actually, maybe should I play with the spinnies this week? Ooh, that make could this, be interesting. Make this drivable 2% of the time Ooh. instead of 1% of the time? That'd be huge. I am, I'm always looking for a reason to play the spinnies. Yes, you are. Yes, so, you are. <laughs> all right. So uh, hole, skip and hole two, uh, hole three. Big downhill, uh, par four, drivable. Uh, Plays pretty long. You got a big uh, monument or castle or something ruined in your way. Uh, you know, not too hard of a hole, but it's a huge green, and you're far enough away that it, a lot of times you end up with some long putts here. I found myself getting a lot better at this horse, this hole on this course, when I see it in like a, a daily contest, like a freaky because Friday. of folds, yeah. um, and and even like an invites when I happen to be on on Celtic. Uh, because of fulls, you know, I've gotten used to okay, two turns. What's that going to affect with the wind? And so I think this is a good. This is probably a good uh, hole to practice some fulls on and, and test out uh, what those might do. Yeah, it's, it's downhill. It's forgiving, um, unless you absolutely just smoke your full long. Uh, you shouldn't have any issues with this hole. So definitely play around with it. Have some fun with it. But uh, next up, we, we have hole six. You, you guys have also seen this in a Freaky Friday. Uh, some different options, whether you're playing foals and going around the ruins. Uh, for the most part, I myself, I'm going through kind of that old bay window that looks to be destroyed about 800 to 1,000 years ago. Uh, the glass is no longer there, so it's just going to be a little gap in this old ruin. Yeah, I, I end up going through that gap most of the time. I, I know that you know if you're looking for a full, whether it be in a daily or something, a lot of times it might be a two click to the right and hit a, a big C2. Not, I'm not usually looking for fulls in a regular live play game. Nope, not at all. Uh, unless you know, unless it just is screaming at me, you know, turn two to the right and hit a full. In this case, most of the time I'm going through that bay window that that uh, will. Yeah, the bay about. window. I'm typically hitting a driver bite or a driver backspin. I believe is t typically the call I have. Next, we're gonna flip over to hole number twelve. 
Uh, hole number 12, uh, you've seen this in some of the mix-ups, I believe, some of the Freaky Fridays where they throw in random holes from different courses. But yeah, to Tony, break, break down hole 12. So it's a relatively short par four, uh, ultimately not too difficult, but you've got, you've got a couple cliffs. You've got a, a cliff that's pretty close to you on the right-hand side, yep. and a cliff that's further away on the left-hand side. And so you've got two approaches. You can take a high tee, uh, and it usually kind of depends on the wind is how I play it. You can take a high tee over the, over the edge of the cliff on your right. The so, close one. Yeah, the close one. So that'd be like a four wood or a five wood. And if you've got a tailwind, that's probably the right play. Yep. But otherwise, you know, maybe if you've got a headwind or you're a little bit further back in the tee box, you might have to play a cut shot around, a little kind of baby C or A1 type shot. A little half and half. Yeah. And, and, half A, half one. And kind of bounce it up. Not, ultimately, not too hard of a hole. Usually in my head on this hole, I'm thinking don't overcut it, especially yeah. if, you've got, if you're not high teeing it. Because there's no reason. There's water. There's a sharp drop off uh, into the water on the right hand side. Yep, there's no you miss reason to with it. Uh, and so usually I'm just thinking to myself, okay, don't overcut it. Leave yourself at worst a 30 foot putt. Uh, make the putt and move on. Uh, the holes we're going to talk. We'll we'll go up to hole 15 and we'll kind of talk about each of these holes coming home. Uh, hole 15 is a uphill drivable par four. Uh, usually I'm hitting a high tee on this one. It's not quite a mountain there, but uh, my mountain uh, looks a little white right now, Ooh, so I'm going to close this off. A, that is a pale blue mountain. Ooh, okay. Let's close this out. So I'm going to close out this beer while we close out hole 15, 16, 17, and 18 on Celtic Shore. So this hole has been incorporated into some Freaky Fridays. Yep. I, know, I know I've watched you, Luke Nelson, Andy Fox, myself. We've tried some foals on this hole. Uh, but for the majority of the time with a classic course of the week, you're going to need these strokes late in your round where you're going to play this hole straight up. And, and it seems like the pin is almost always in the back of the screen. It's not always, but almost always in the back of the screen. So I, almost, I find myself very often playing like a high three wood. Unless yep. I get a big tailwind or something, then it would be a high five wood. And it's a big enough green where even with a tailwind, uh, with a you know a high tee, you're not going to worry about running off the back, which you don't want to do because you're going to it slopes quickly down into the water. So yep. again, this is kind of like hole 12 where I said make sure you're not to the too far to the right. This one, make sure if anything you're a little bit yep. short. Uh, leave yourself an uphill 40 foot putt. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, definitely land in the front third of the green with a high tee, even with a tailwind, and you land in the front third. Uh, with the uphill green, it's going to kind of kill your roll, so you ensure that you don't go long here. I had a setup on this in an invite. Maybe it was even the uh, the ultimate cycle that we're, uh, some of us are playing, uh, where the pin was in the front right, which is just a really unusual setup, uh, and I ended up having to like pound a three wood with backspin. Oh. Uh, and it worked out, but it was a lot more dangerous of a shot than I'm used to playing on that hole. So occasionally you can get some setups. I don't. Maybe I'm just not remembering right. I don't remember the pin <laughs> ever being front left. Like, is it ever front left? No, I, I remember. It's always uh, back or very occasionally. Yeah, I, front I right. think. 80 to 90% of the time, it's back left, back center, potentially back right, uh, and every once in a while, front right, but I, to your point, I don't think I've ever seen front left, so I don't know what the algorithm is uh, in terms of what di dictates the uh, pin placements, but I think that's a great call out. Uh, all right, moving on, hole 16, uh, par 5. Lots this, of options. This is a hole where I, I tried. You know, we talked about long drives, Paul mm -hmm. Luna. In my mind, with the Super A1, 
we haven't really talked about the Super A1 because the Super A1 has gone. It's We're not gone. talking spinny A1. This is the Super A1, which is where you get a little bit of a downswing, and then you, the club you're clicker. kind of loading up your... your yeah, the club clicker. We're not going to do a j- good job describing it here. Uh, but you could get a lot of extra distance. And in my mind, I could maybe get a 550-yard drive on this hole. Because if, if you can get it to 430 or so, there's a big hill, and it's going to just keep bouncing down the hill. Really? I never did it. I kept, I kept hoping and kept looking for setups, and it was never there. But anyway, so that was a big aside. Uh, most of the time on this hole, uh, it's a long par 5, certainly not drivable. Uh, you've got two main options. There's, a, there's kind of a thin strip of fairway. Almost kind of an, an island. Yeah, places first cut, I believe. And, and I don't. I almost never go there. Maybe in a daily where I I know I can set up a, a consistent bump shot to that spot. A little auto bud. A little auto bud. Uh, most of the time, I'm going. There's a. There's a. If you if you're looking straight at the green, you've got a big monument on the left, and to the right you've got a big hill, and most of the time I'm going onto that hill. Uh, and, Typically and from there, a high tee, I believe. Uh, I don't. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Probably depends on the wind. Wind dependent, yeah. And from there, you've got usually like a three wood or a two ninety driver uh, with backspin. And you're and, elevated and at you're, this point. Yeah, you're coming way into elevated. The uh, so if you've got a big headwind, maybe you might have to pound a driver from there. But it, it's certainly the safest play, and almost guarantees birdie. Right? You want your eagle, but uh, guarantees birdie. Yeah, so I know you just talking uh, talked about pounding it here. Uh, I would love to join you and in pounding it. With the mountains on top of the hill. All right, thank you for that, Tony. That was we have a, done more drinking or yeah. talking about drinking in this podcast than we have in this quite is some a, time. This is a great segue into it. Yeah, to Tony's point, uh, you have a small strip of island. Uh, it's going to give you backspin, uh, the little strip there. If you do continue to click right once or twice and you go on top of the mount, you will be in the rough. So it's not going to give you that much spin. But with the downhill here, your ball's going to obviously coming at such a trajectory where it's coming straight down as opposed to more of on a line even with the driver so it's going to land a lot softer uh tony's point to the third option i probably find myself maybe only doing it five percent of the time one in every 20 is actually going to the fairway left you have to have the ideal setup for it you have to have a good yeah good tailwind you're going to hit a big a1 and you're still going to have a long way home but to tony's point the majority of the time uh, i think the safe play is going to the top of that mountain uh, hole 17, par 3. Uh, can, be t- can be easy, can be tough. Uh, for the most part, you're going to be looking straight at the screen into a, like a down 10, usually down 9, down 10, right around there. Yeah. Uh, and the winds are up at this point. Ooh, so you might have a big, big crosswind, big tailwind. Um, you know, you've got a lot of options on this hole. I think we've gotten used to playing low tees. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. even remember playing a low tee very often back when this course was originally out. But like a low T to, to keep it, maybe a three hybrid, a low T three hybrid to it's keep a great it out call. of the wind. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a t- especially with a crosswind if you've got that front. Because it's kind of a, a reverse U or a horseshoe type green. Correct. Uh, if you've got a big crosswind with the pin in, in the front right or the front left, I mean, that's dicey. Oh, you're talking you're an excellent, yeah, you're hoping an excellent shot just to leave yourself a 20, 30, 40 footer. This whole, uh, myself as a, as a mid to maybe potential high-level player, I was always happy just to be on the green, get a birdie, and get the hell out of there because this, this hole can give you fits. Because if you do get wet off to Ricky the left. Ricky Yeah, Ricky Fitz. Uh, if you do get wet off to the left, off to the right, or long, 
you're going to have a drop. You're still going to have a huge slope green, and yeah. you're going to have a big wind where even as you're hitting three, just trying to save a bogey, you might be looking at double bogey or potentially worse. Yeah. So yeah. so, so those... It's, that's, it's a really good hole, also mm-hmm. very tough hole. Yeah, th- those low lofted clubs, to Tony's point of a three hybrid coming into play and using low tees to try to take out some of that wind is, is going to be a great plan on your part. Uh, finally, hole 18... Um, with build the bag, I feel like this hole's gotten a little bit easier. I've got more options. Uh, I used to struggle with this hole a lot, and occasionally there are setups where I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna lay up because I I just don't think you can wrap a C3 around the cliff enough yeah. uh, to get back onto the green. Uh, but for the most part, I'm go- I'm going for this uh, anywhere from a you know a regular four wood to a high T290. Super wind dependent. At this point, you can have winds up to 16 or 17 miles an hour, um, and so it, it's going to play a big effect uh, into like a down nine. So uh, tough hole. Certainly, I, if I eagled this back in the day, I was I was happy about that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good size green. I, I found my biggest problem was the actual cliff in trying to yeah. figure out determining how much cut I needed. I think the majority of the time that I screwed up this hole, it wasn't because I hit it long short left right yeah. it was because i overcut it hitting it into the cliff yeah. um and then on the flip side the second most times i found myself screwing this up was i didn't cut it enough and it just hung out to the right with the wind yeah if you've got a big left to right wind you might hope it co- comes back with a big c3 but sometimes it just didn't and so yeah. those are the type of setups now where i'd look at it and say eh, it's probably a layup uh, you know maybe not in a daily but in a certainly in a live play you know 50 person uh, contest where, yeah. where birdies and potentially shotties by laying up for your birdie right. uh, can pole vault you huge. Yep. So uh, anyway, that's that's Celtic. That's our classic course of the week. Par almost always on this course is 28, minus 28, unless hole one is drivable. That's the only one that is that ever, you know, potentially there that normally it is. Yeah. So par is almost always 28 on this course. Yeah, so the, for the holes we didn't cover, uh, obviously we went over some of the more challenging holes. Uh, at this stage in the game, you should uh, you should be on your game where you should take away your birdie, move on, take away your eagle, and move on. Uh, a lot more holes that are pretty straightforward that you've seen with this current year edition courses and previous year edition courses. But we're going to close it out here, Tony. Uh, yep. we still got three tournaments coming up. Right now we got the Cincinnati tournament. Four. Oh, Wait. that's right. Well, since yeah, well, since no, he's happening no. right now. Oh no, yeah. we got four. Yeah, so we got Cincinnati happening right now. Ninety-one live participants. Uh, great showing there on their part. I know they initially had just over a hundred, and they typically have a five to ten percent backout rate depending on locals. Yep. Folks might, you know, have things pop up, but that's all right. Uh, we do have the new courses coming out. Goodness, Tony, right around uh, right around a month from now. This this is really exciting. Let's see. Let me do some quick math. I yeah, think, we're on the twenty sixth. Four weeks. Woo! Four weeks and two days. Oh. Oh, it's better than Christmas. Yeah, this is exciting. They call it the Golden Tea Christmas. Uh, I know Golden Tea typically posts on Facebook and Twitter a bunch of boxes in their warehouse, and they charge, you know. I know how much you like boxes. You yeah, said that earlier. Yeah, I, I want to get into those boxes early, trust me. Uh, so we're looking at the Wisconsin tournament. Uh, this is going to be a smaller tournament, but literally the weekend after these courses ship, they're going to ship on a Monday. Uh, your vendor, if your vendor selected overnight shipping, should have these installed mid to late day on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And you can be playing the new courses on September 25th. So on the flip side of that is Wisconsin is going to have a one-day Saturday tourney 
uh, handicap tourney, I believe, at 80%. Near Milwaukee. Near Milwaukee, uh, right between Mass and Milwaukee, about an hour from each location in between. Uh, but the Wisconsin guys are great. They're fantastic. Uh, following after that, we're going to have Richmond, the longest-running tournament in Golden Tee history at the Baja Bean with uh, F.A. More than half the age of Golden Tee itself. So it's the 30th anniversary of Golden Tee this this year, right? They've, yeah. they've been touting that. There'll be a big 30 on the marquee. Yeah, great cheers, graphics. Cheers to 30 years, by the way. 30 years. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Will and I both turned 40 this year, so uh, oh, uh, we were 10 when it first came out. <laughs> I yeah, remember I, playing Birdie King when I was maybe 8. Yeah, I saw I saw Golden Tee posted a retro throwback photo that had, you know, Larry Hodgson and uh, some of the early programmers. They had Elaine Hodgson. I'll uh, whew, let me save that picture in the uh, data bank there. But, uh, yeah, so Richmond, that's that's going to be a great tournament. I, and And this week, I got final approval. I will be in Richmond. Oh, I'll be there. I've Wait. only I've only made it work once before. Oh, it was maybe ten years ago. Uh, I've been trying to get back for at least five years. I've always had something that was just completely immovable. Well, this year I don't have that, so I will be in Richmond this year. Yeah, you you've got a wife. You got two beautiful daughters. You have vacation houses up north. You go on a lot of vacations. You're a consultant. You travel a lot for work. I uh. Yeah, I work at Walmart. I uh. I'm gonna try. I'm I'm gonna try to make Richmond. I've I've never done it. Uh. I've kind of partnered with Tony looking at some different flights, uh, potentially flying into Washington, D.C., and copping a, ride. Yeah, copping a ride down there. Uh, looks to be, unfortunately, gosh, 90 to 100 miles, uh, an hour and a half of uh, day drinking and uh, driving with some roadies, not a problem. So if anyone else is flying into Washington, D.C., let me know. I would love to uh, either split a rental car, hopefully you drive, um, but yeah, that that would be a viable option. So we got Wisconsin coming up on September 29th. We got Richmond coming up on October 4th through the 7th. And both on the new courses, of course. Yeah, correct. And then we have the TLC coming up in Madison, Wisconsin, which is October 12th to the 14th. And this is going to apply to a select few of you because this is vendor dependent. This is specific to certain vendors who have chosen to participate in the Club Lucky group. Yep. So your vendor invite may, only. Yeah, your your vendor may not be named Club Lucky, but at this stage, if you have a good rapport with your vendor, they've probably reached out to you. You've probably reached out to them and gotten your TLC pass uh, with Club Lucky and the Tournament of Champions. Uh, last up, uh, we got the biggest tournament, the closeout tournament of the year, uh, provided by Power Events Golden Tee uh, at PEG.com which is the Houston tournament. So they're going to have the main tournament, which is the open tournament. Anyone's free to enter, show up, pay your entry fee. And that's going to be November 29th to December 2nd. So that's the weekend after Thanksgiving. So if you're sick of your in-laws and you've put in your dues and you put in your time and you're like, I need a little break from this, I need to get away, this is a week after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. This is a great opportunity because they're going to have the main open playing the Golden Tee and then they also have the player of the year tournament. So, and they're uh, Top Gun. They've started Top call, started calling it Top Gun. Yeah, a year and, and a half ago. Year, I apologize. So, so last year, uh, uh, Incredible Technologies offered a world championship pass to the winner of the tournament, the TOC, the Club Lucky event, and the winner of the and they gave it to Power Events, and Power Events gave it to the winner of the Top Gun event. Ooh. Which is their player, essentially their player of the year tournament. In, it, this year, however, well, we're, they're still giving one to the TOC, 
but Power Events has decided to give their pass, not to the Top Gun winner, but to what they're calling the Little Gun. Maybe they've renamed it. Oh, that's but, great. Which is uh, your total points for the year for Power Events events. Uh, the top 32 of those are in the Top Gun event. And, that's and those it. are typically the best of the best, the yep. top. And so then everyone else who's there that has accumulated enough points and been to at least two events over the course of the Power Events season uh, is in the Little Gun. So, the, so, somewhat known as the Silver Bracket. Silver if you Bracket. Go, they call yeah. it, yeah, they, they give it a little bit of a different a name? name. I'm not sure. Either way, yeah. But uh, so the winner of that this year will actually get a World Championship pass, which I like a lot better. Because, I think that's great. Because certainly compared to the ways that they've given away passes, Incredible Technology has given away invites in the past, which is via a lot of live play. Mm-hmm. The, the the person who's going to win the Top Gun is probably already going to qualify yeah, for Worlds the, the, anyway. They're going to find a different way to qualify, a different way to be there. And, and to Tony's point, I think this is a great opportunity for folks, if you've participated in the PEG Tour events throughout the year and you make it down to Houston, you're going to have a great shot at potentially getting into Worlds via this route. Yeah, and so worth noting there is that in order to get into the little gun, you need to have been to at least two events. So most of the people listening to this podcast have already been to at least one or maybe two, but maybe not. But at this point, you can still attend two events and get into that little gun by going to Richmond and going to Houston in their their kind of main event and then participating in the little gun. Yeah, so, so you've got a chance to participate to be one of the first couple people to get a pass to the World Championships next uh, June ish, I think. Yeah, hopefully. So if you've only been to one PEG tour event this year and you cannot make it to Richmond, that first portion of the Houston tournament counts as a, yep. the second event. Absolutely. So while it may be on one weekend, they're in essence holding two events that weekend. They're holding a regular Houston tournament but then also the Top Gun and Little Gun event. So yep. if you've only been to one this year, get to Houston and give yourself a shot to get into that second event with the Top Gun and Little Gun, with the World's Pass being given away to the Little Gun. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're going to close it out here. I've, uh, I've got some empty cans i got to recycle. Uh, got to save the earth. Uh, got to keep the mountains blue here. Uh, cans so, are empty. Woo! Yeah, it's been a great podcast. Uh, Tony, I'm, I'm really excited for Crawdad Swamp. Going over that live with you, that, that was really cool. Looking at it, uh, Cannon's Beauty Salon, to see someone walking down the street the other day, I had to text Tony, and I'm like, Tony, you got to check this out. you got to get down to Burnsville. i got to so, get my hands on one of those shirts. Yeah, you, you got to wrap it around. And uh, just like the Gervais juice, uh, we were listening to the stream earlier. Sound like Sean Gervais was on, on the stream. Unfortunately, it didn't sound like he got any Gervais juice last night. Here at this tournament, do they not offer it at uh, what's the name of that? Since he something third base, yeah, James, James third, third base. base. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure because his throat sounded a little scratchy. Sound like he didn't get any Gervais juice last night. May not have gotten any Gervais juice this morning. Uh, but yeah, we could potentially tie that in with Cannon's Beauty Salon. I mean, that might be a fantastic partnership going forward. But hair juice, ooh, they that, talked about that in a movie back in the day. That that, that could be a double dipper right there. Um, we just want to thank you guys for listening. Like we talked about, send Tony Johnson or myself, Will Sandstead, or tweet at us on the Podmore Get Better podcast Twitter page. Uh, we want to hear the mailbag questions. We've tried to give you tips and tricks with saving strokes. We try to do the course breakdowns. We want to know what's hindering your game. How can we help you out? And we will take it out. 
and uh, try to break it down for you. Uh, you can let us know whether you want us to shout out your name or not shout out your name. We'll go forward from there. And please make sure to like, rate us, and subscribe to us. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll do a mic check here on August 26th. Burp. Welcome to this week's Podmore Get Better podcast. We've got Tony Johnson here. We've got Will Sandstead. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend. It is Sunday, September 2nd, and we are a mere three weeks away from uh, full course release. Ooh, exciting time of Getting the year. Getting down to it. We might actually get some content yeah, when the yeah. new courses come out. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we missed out a little bit uh, coming in. We had uh, some news planned. We were hoping for the second Golden T4 course to be remastered and yep. officially announced. Uh, just haven't heard anything. Nothing posted on the website. We were waiting for big, big reveal about Evan's character. Uh, they had the YouTube video with the rivals mode and totally excluded Evan. Yeah, I didn't totally understand that because we've already kind of seen him, right? He's mm-hmm. wearing all gold, unless they're planning on changing that. Well, I guess it's, that's just the outfit he happens to be wearing. But uh, so yeah, I can't wait to see Evan's face. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Okay. The the avatar kind of looks like the uh, old Master P with his uh, banana suit on for <laughs> any of you old schoolers. Uh, just yeah, yeah. the big bright yellow outfit. Uh, other things going on in the news. Last week while we were doing the podcast, they were in the middle of the Cincinnati tournament. Just want to give a quick rundown on that real quick. Uh, Gold Bracket uh, had some good strong runs. Mark Stenmark took first place. Sean Dervay took second. Paul Luna took third. And Short fourth, Yeah, fourth place was... Uh, Orlando Ayala, so great showing for him. That's awesome. Uh, purple bracket rundown. Fourth place was Brad Baird. Third was Luke Sponseller. Second one was, was Kenny Callis, uh, world championship participant. And first, maybe he uh, was a little hungover from that week and didn't get to release everything, but IT's own Kevin Lindsay. Ooh, yeah. show for he's, him. Uh, he's been bulldozing some purples here lately. Yeah, he needs to make a main bracket. Any anything worth noting in the uh, from the qualifier in Cincinnati? Anybody make the cut that you know we might have not expected to? Uh, I didn't have the full breakdown in it. Uh, so uh, I noticed Andy Fox made the cut. Ooh, so Ooh, that's uh, big. I know it, you know he had missed a couple recently, but uh, he did make that cut. So congratulations that, to Andy. That, that's huge. We'll, uh, we'll <laughs> and he managed to draw him out in the first round. Yeah, we have uh, we have some mailbag questions that we kind of touched upon uh, before. Uh, and, and I think one of the respondents to our call out for text, emails, and messages um, made mention about you know getting jitters during tournaments and everything. So we'll kind of give that a tease as we lead into uh, just some other quick things with uh, the news coming up here. We have the Wisconsin Open uh, four or five days after new courses are released on September 29th. The Club Lucky uh, tournament in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, October 4th through the 7th. And, no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. That I goofed is, that. Uh, that's that's Richmond. Richmond. I will be there. Yes. Uh, and the Club Lucky one is the weekend after that. Yes, so I, I jotted like that down. It's like the 11th or something like that. So. so we've got Richmond, October 4th to the 7th. Club Lucky the following week, uh, around the 12th, 11th, yep. 12th, 13th. And, yeah, so that's that basically leads everything up to uh, the end of the year. Uh, Top Gun, Little Gun in Houston. Yep. So, Tony, you're going to be uh, out in Richmond, it sounds like. Uh, I'm going to try to make it out there, and I know you talked about doing the podcast from there. I think that's an awesome idea where we could get some insight from some fellow players uh, if you guys are getting sick of Tony and I. And uh, we had Andy Fox as a special guest earlier in the year, but I think Tony would, would have a great job out there to uh, talk to some players. Yeah, we can uh, do it uh 
maybe in, in chunks we'll talk about new courses maybe get people's opinions of the new courses and maybe I'll just walk around the bar with a mic and yeah. ask people questions kind of like, like a live Rick, interview yeah kind of like Richard King on goldenttv.com uh, with the exception of just straight audio no video portion yeah. <laughs> so uh, a, li- a little a uh, little more baseline on that but I, I think that would be a great great thing for us all right, Tony, so I'm excited for this part. Uh, saving strokes, we've covered some of your guys' questions, comments, concerns about how you guys can improve your game. Uh, one of the things that kind of ties into that is we're actually going to open it up to a mailbag. And I've gotten letters in the mail via Overnight Federal Express. I've gotten Facebook Messenger. I've gotten text messages here. So I'm excited for this portion. Well, and I think that maybe we didn't get as many uh, through the actual mail as we expected this week because it turns out it seems like the entire USPS was down this week. Yeah. Because I know that nobody got their summer swing cards Ooh, getting much dicey. later than they expected. And so I think that maybe next week when the when the actual mail starts full, flowing again, you know, then we'll, we'll get some more questions. Yeah, we got the FedEx overnight ones in. But, yeah, if, if you guys don't hear your questions being read uh, on, on the podcast here and you sent it with the Postal Service, I can promise you that it should be here between this Sunday and next Sunday, and we'll get to them next week. So, Tony, I'm going to I'm gonna pull out the mailbag here. Uh, a couple of the letters we got here. Okay. So, Starting let's off. see. Uh, Dear Podmore Get Better Podcast, I'm having a tough time getting to some par fives and long par fours. Okay. What can I do to help my short knocker drives? It's embarrassing when my friends see my player stats and my long drive is only 467 yards. Please help. Signed, P. Luna. Hmm. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with that name, uh, and I think that I've got a, a couple pieces of advice for him. Great, great. Uh, so, certainly someone that only has a long drive of 467 yards, I'm guessing is playing stock balls, because otherwise they for sure would have something longer than that. So, a couple pieces of advice. Uh, if you really want truly long drives, the spinny balls might uh, might help you out, get a little extra distance yeah, on that. Yeah, previously covered. Uh, perhaps, uh, you know, go to Monument Valley or uh, get some uh, invites on that and go to hole 18. Hopefully get get yourself past 467 yards. I, I saw a video this week on Facebook that uh, someone had, had tied Paul's, uh, I'm sorry, P. Luna's uh, long drive here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, you know, go, go away from those stock balls. Go with the, the uh, streaks, uh, the spinnies, really any ball besides stock, and you're going to be able to get that, that long drive. That, that, that's a great call out, and it, and it sounds like this uh, – fan is uh, P. Luna. I, I would encourage you to go to a Golden Tee tournament. As a newer player, I'm guessing you're a newer player, you yeah. can go to a Golden Tee tournament and see these pros and these bangers actually hit A1s and C3s and really pick their brains regarding clubs and balls and which hole you can improve that long drive on. That's good advice. Yeah, alright, next up, let's, uh, I'll take this one here. Uh, my husband is a very established Golden Tee player. Okay. Yet it seems like every time he goes to a national tournament, he won't answer my calls or texts after 8 p.m. Do these tournaments really go on all night? Is his phone dead? Is he flirting with other women? Signed, A. Haas. Hmm. All right. Uh, So, I mean, these tournaments, depends on the tournament, right? Uh, Certainly some of them uh, go later than others. Usually a bigger qualifier means that you're going to have a, uh, the tournament's going to go a little bit later. Uh, so you know your uh, your husband might be busy in the qualifier. Uh, additionally, uh, you know, once the drinks start flowing, uh, you never know what's going to happen with that phone. Might get dropped, might get turned yeah. off. 
Your battery uh, can you know, die. The battery, charge, I mean, charge your phone. The charge whole phone. iPhone thing. So if your husband has an iPhone, perhaps he's running into that uh, that that issue that was brought up a few months back about uh, purposely uh, lowering battery life. So that could be one thing. Uh, but yeah, I would. Uh, you sound like a supportive uh, wife, and I'd uh, encourage you to keep supporting your husband and his endeavors. And uh, yeah, good luck to your husband, whoever that might be. Yeah, I I, I think that's great feedback. I, I for for this wife who's so supportive, and you know. She states her husband's an established Golden Tee player, so to let him go to these tournaments and keep improving his game and place well, I'm sure he's doing just fine, and, and you guys will be a great successful cu couple for the long term. All right, next up, let's see. Uh, we got, hello, I'm a very established Golden Tee player, yet at most tournaments, I feel like I can't make it past 8 p.m. in the evening due to excessive drinking. In this regard, I'm looked down upon as a purple bracket drinker, but I'm a gold bracket player. People often take my photo after passing out. How can I pace myself for an entire weekend? Signed, A. Haas. Well, well, uh, A. Haas, uh, I guess, you know, as, a, as someone who likes craft beer. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you get to these tournaments, maybe a little bit of nerves, mm -hmm. and you want to, you know, get some beers in you early. Uh, Maybe go with a little bit lower alcohol by volume. Sometimes those craft beers can sneak up on you. Also, maybe don't do shots in the morning mm. or uh, early in the afternoon. And that'll help you get through that 8 o'clock barrier that you seem to be uh, struggling with. Yeah, so some folks I know I've talked to at tournaments, you know, they do start drinking early in the morning. But in between beers, they mix in their gervais juice with all that protein. Mm. Or a water. Yeah, so, so that, that could be a great option for you, a Haas, to uh, help you last later in the evening past 8 p.m. Uh, hope, hopefully you're successful in that. Hopefully we've given you some advice that you can try at your next live tournament. Yeah, also maybe um, cocaine. Ooh. That would keep you awake as well. Ooh. Yeah, Probably that's... don't do that. Okay, good deal. All right, next up, let's see. We'll take this one. Hi, Podmore Get Better Podcast. I've missed the gold bracket cut at two of my last couple major tournaments. This is sounding familiar. Yeah, yet find myself making the cut regularly at all the other main national tournaments. Do you have any advice for me to mentally focus during the World Championships and the year-end Houston tournament? Signed, A. Fox. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this, I mean, I, I, I've got to guess at who this is, but, uh, you know, we won't, we won't out him. Uh, but yeah, my advice for a qualifier is, you know, uh, you know, act like you've been there before, you know, know that you, I always try to shoot par or, you know, try to focus in on some par rounds. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about hole outs. So, uh, I often play what we used to call so be safe. So, right. Hey, no reason to chase at holes, play safe, uh, stay, uh, stay away from water. You don't want to lose two or three strokes at a time. Uh, and uh, and I, as always, a couple beers always helps. Yeah. So I know you've previously talked about in some of our podcasts where if you do get wet on a hole, that you've talked about trying to minimize your loss, not yes. necessarily trying to try a chip over water. On like a six Rhine, iron maybe? Yeah, on Rhineland and trying to get birdie, but then you get wet again or you come up short, you go long, and all of a sudden it goes from could have been an easy par by just throwing it on the green making your putt. And you're looking at bogey, double bogey, triple bogey. You gotta avoid those red numbers. And and that can be the difference, I think, between making the cut and going down to the purple bracket. It's yeah. just not taking your lumps, moving on, forgetting about that hole and going. Yeah, never do worse than par. 
Alright, looks like uh, we got about 12 more, but let's just pick two here, uh, just for time's sake. Dear Podmore, Get Better Podcast, thanks for opening up a mailbag segment. I'm a home machine owner. Ooh, this is oh, right up your alley, yeah, Tony. I probably got some good advice here. I'm a home machine owner and travel to a good amount of tournaments. However, I find myself reverting back to my comfort zone of Milwaukee Brewers apparel and only drinking bush light. How can I step out of my comfort zone? Signed, D. Sandmeyer. Okay. Uh, so we've had a couple sponsors uh, in terms of apparel. We've had yeah. a couple sponsors that might uh, we would encourage you to go to uh, jazzjeans.com. Uh, think is the website and, and get some get some uh, different apparel there uh, I know that uh, you might want to talk to Wes Minnesota guy he's got some wonderful uh, apparel options yeah uh, anything purple and gold would be great maybe uh, Vikings colors would be a good yeah choice. T- tis the season right now actually yeah. he, he'd be right in step as baseball season is ending transitioning into football season uh, D Sandmeyer I'm not sure where you're from or you know, if you were born and raised in Milwaukee or your affiliation to the Brewers. But, yeah, coming from Tony and I, I would say the purple and gold. Any Minnesota Vikings gear, we're, we're pretty tame with yeah. that. But I, I think that would be a step in getting out of your comfort zone. So thanks for submitting that. All right, we'll go to the last one here. Let's see. Hello. I've gained a vast amount of knowledge regarding Golden Tee during my many years of playing. Oftentimes, I engage newer players in conversation and find they just don't want to listen about the intricacies of Golden Tee. Is this a general th- generational thing, or am I looking too much into this? Signed, D. Weiss. Mm. Well, I think everybody has their own style, right? You know, it could be, it could be generational. Some people really want to analyze. Also, some people probably want to buy, um, use the uh, make, build your own bag. Ooh. And uh, you know, spend the five dollars there and, and make a bag. And so, uh, it could be that the the people you're talking to might not just be might just not be talkers. I know a lot of people nowadays wear headphones when they're playing Golden Tee, and so That's a great uh, point. They could be not used to someone chatting them up. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I would I would encourage uh, D Weiss to uh, keep having those conversations, keep attending tournaments, and uh, keep trying to. Uh, make friends. Yeah, sp- spread the good word. I mean, you, you talk about the intricacies, and Tony has broken that down previously, talking about having a 9-iron with a 10 win, turning left left once or right once. I, I think that's great. You're trying to share the wealth of the game. Um, hopefully these players are receptive to it. If you've been around that long and have the intricacies and are able to speak on them, like you mentioned. Yeah. All right. Well, th- I think that was a really good uh, first swipe at our uh, – email segment uh, as will said we want to encourage people to keep sending these in that was a great first batch of questions but uh yeah hopefully next week we'll have some more good ones all right this is the time most of you've been waiting for for the podcast right now we're going to break down the classic course of the week it's going to be a classic course from 2013 yeah so this week we had celtic shores and i actually uh, i ended up enjoying uh, celtic a little bit more than i thought i would uh, I agree. It's, you know, again, it's one of these courses that's not quite as old as some of the other throwbacks. Uh, this one being a 2013 course, not quite as old as some of the classic courses I, I'd, I'd prefer to play. But uh, and it, but it actually happens to fall in a time when I pl- probably played the least Golden Tee out of the last 15 years. Hmm. I, I played a whole bunch from 2001 to 2010, 
and then uh, took a couple years off, not off completely, still went to a couple tournaments, but really didn't play all that much. And then over the last few years, probably ramped my game back up in terms of volume. Uh, but the classic course of the week this week is Bear Lodge. Ooh, ooh. All right, I, I like it. I was uh, a little streaky on that course. Uh, very hit and miss for me. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, we talk about uh, one of the courses, the, the course that I think about when we talk about par varying that we've covered in the last month or so is Indigo Mound. Yeah. Uh, and par can vary on this course, but it's, uh, I would say, a lot more rare uh, than Indigo Mound was. And it really starts off on the first couple holes. Hole one uh, is drivable sometimes. And actually, maybe even before I get to that, being a couple borderline drivable holes, and and uh, this seems to me like it might be a street course. Uh, just in terms of if you can get that extra 10 yards of distance, maybe get on hole one, uh, maybe clear some water on par five, like hole six, whatever that hole is, uh, it might be a uh, opportunity to play around with some streak balls. Good deal. So before we tee it off on hole one, I'm going to crack a beer here and toast up Tony All for right. our classic course of the week, Bear Lodge. Oh, beautiful. Delicious. Oh, there, we go. there we go. All right, so Tony, you talked about All hole right. one potentially being drivable with streaks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's 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 a lot of tee boxes on this hole, so it's going to be drivable with non-streaks as well, but I think it just might be that extra percentage drivable with streaks. Get, getting a putt as opposed to a chip, potentially. Yep. And so it looks like there's six or so tee boxes here, and I know from the very front it, it can play quite short. We played a, well, we, we played an invite. I played an invite. Will tried to play an invite before to, so we could warm up on this. Uh, his machine reset before he even got to hold two. I, so I tapped free win it. for Tony. Yeah, free, free dollars for uh, Tony, unfortunately. Yeah, I got the DNF on that. Uh, I tried to drive hole one, missed my chip, took my birdie nice and easy, and... I thought so far, that's back, exactly yeah, how I played it. Yeah, I thought in the back of my mind, oh, I can't wait to see the setup on two, and all of a sudden it was a Nighthawk air and free money for Tony Johnson. I love it. <laughs> uh, so uh, next up, hole two. This is a hole I don't remember ever driving back in the day, but I had a setup on it a month or so ago in the invite, and I did drive it. And then in our invite just before this, I was close. I did not get on. Uh, it was uh, the front box toward the front of the front box when I had kind of an average-ish wind, but I think with a tail, tailwind, and I wasn't playing streaks either, so actually with the, the 10 yards more distance with those streaks, actually probably would have gotten me on the green. So from the front box, uh, this is potentially drivable. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be laying up into the fairway and, and just kind of taking a five hybrid distance in or something like that. Uh, we're going to plow through some of these uh, less interesting holes. Hole three is a par three, not much to it. Uh, hole four is a hole that can trip you up occasionally. It's a drivable par four. Lots of tee boxes, so you got a lot of variance on your on your distance. Uh, most of the time for me, it's going to be a high tee, a high tee four wood, a high tee three wood, uh, to make sure you clear those trees. Uh, and it's up slope, so you're going to land pretty soft with a with a high tee backspin. Yeah, back in the day, uh, playing this course without tees, that hole used to give me fits. And I know when we initially, uh, prior to the podcast, had talked about Bear Lodge. Bear Lodge is a course that used to be able to eat you up pretty quick and kind of get you down on your game. It, it could be a pretty frustrating course. So so this course did originally have tees. It and did. It, yes, yes. But, but Maybe one I was thing that, just broke back then. Well, one thing I noticed <laughs> is actually uh, we use tees like penny candy at this point. 
uh, I find myself not like I remember back in the day like well I gotta you know try to use as few tees as possible and there's still people that play like that like oh I just you know gotta save a couple cents here a couple cents there that'll add up not me I accidentally use tees sometimes <laughs> <laughs> don't end up moving my tee don't end up high teeing and I just use it for the sure sport of it uh, but gosh. so I guess that is an example of a hole where back in the day we might have been like well you know I don't necessarily need a tee but with with so many par or p- better than par rounds it's, you feel like any stroke you can gain even if it's just a small percentage it's going to make such a difference in your payout and, and me personally I don't I don't have any issue using tees wherever I feel necessary yeah looking up at our uh, big screen here as we look at these screenshots from Eric Nelson on goldenteefan.com uh, you're correct this course did use tees so I don't I don't know if these uh, Coors Lights have killed those certain brain cells or I just uh, was that bad of a player. But, yeah, I I guess they did have tees. But I remember that hole vividly uh, giving me trouble, as well as this next one, Tony. Yeah, this. uh, so on goldenteefan.com, they actually say that, so this next one's a par 5, not drivable, uh, plays quite long. And and on goldenteefan.com, they actually say that there are setups that you can't get there in two. And I'm not sure I disagree with that. Actually, there there are setups where it can be extremely difficult. Uh, your your gut would want you to go out into the fairway. There's like four bunkers out there, and ideally you'd clear the water, get in between those bunkers. Uh, that can be a little bit dicey. You end up in those bunkers occasionally. It kind of slopes down towards the bunkers. Agreed. Uh, so usually what I'm doing in it, and uh, straightest, straightest, uh, dis- or shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So uh, I end up a lot of times going into the rough to the left of those bunkers. Uh, it's a more safe shot in terms of you know you're not going to accidentally go in a bunker, and you're going to have between 260 and 300 yards from there, and that's doable. Uh, even from the rough with a driver. And so that, uh, to me, is the safest way to play this is to blast left of the bu- those bunkers, if you can get there. Because, again, if you're in the back box and you've got a headwind, maybe you can't even get there and you might have to go to the end of the first fairway. Um, and it might be a birdie hole occasionally. Yeah, I, I think those bunkers at the uh, start of the second fairway, I, I got stung with those a couple times. If you do happen to end up in those bunkers, you're not going to be able to make the green here. You're going to be looking at throwing it into the fairway, hopefully having just a nice short iron into the green, taking your birdie and moving on. Uh, and unfortunately, in live prize play, that means you're you're most likely going to drop a, a drop a stroke to a lot of folks. Yep. Uh, hole six, we'll kind of plow through. Not much here. It's an undrivable par four. You're either going to the end of that that small little fairway, uh, second chunk, or blasting over the trees to have a shorter shot in. Uh, hole seven is a drivable par four. Um, this one definitely gave me fits back in the day, and yes. still probably does. This is a relatively difficult uh, drivable par four on the front nine. Uh, I, in our invite earlier, I ended up playing a full cut six wood high tee. Um, but yeah, depending on the wind and depending on what these boxes, there's a, again, this course has a lot of tee boxes. Uh, depending on what tee box you're in, uh, it could be a difficult setup. Yeah, as you're trying to cut the ball in, it's going to be a variation. Um, of a C3, C, C3 and a half. Um, yeah. and C3 th- and a half. <laughs> I'm going, I'm, You're I'm sounding going, that way out. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going next <laughs> level here. Um, but the green does slope down to the right, and, and there's water to the left, there's water short, there's water to the right. Yeah. You are going to have, I believe, uh, some green behind it, a little bit of bunkers. Um, but yeah, this this hole again, you're gonna get a hole that can sting you pretty early in your round. This was uh this this that hole was in the, the uh, daily contest a couple Fridays ago. Correct. And we played around with uh, Luke and I played around with turning a few to the left, 
and actually there's a little gap in the trees. Uh, trying to full through that. Ooh. Eh, maybe it could work. Uh, <laughs> but that's more of a, uh, when you have a setup where you can re- repeat it. So yeah. like a daily contest. Uh, you know, I think that is there. It was a five wood or a six wood, depending. Interesting. Uh, hole eight, par three, not worth no, not worth talking about too much. Uh, hole nine is a non-drivable par five. Uh, you've got, I just said the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. It, so in this case, you feel like you want to go to, there's a little strip of fairway. A landing uh, strip, perhaps. A landing strip. Uh, but uh, I, I almost never go to that strip unless I've got just a dead straight wind. Because uh, it's a pretty skinny strip. And going way to the right in the fairway is not going to preclude, preclude you from getting there in two. Uh, it can be a little bit longer shot. Uh, usually a, a 290 driver or a, a regular driver in from the, from the fairway. But usually I'm just blasting it deep into the main fairway. Yeah, I, I think as folks are playing this course, if uh, they haven't played it much in the past, they're going to get used to going to that spot in the fairway, long and deep, using a tee, having a long approach into that green. But once you either go straight at that or hit a big C3 to try to get to that long portion of the fairway, uh, you're going to be comfortable with that shot pretty darn quick. Yeah. And we've gotten pretty used to, over the last handful of years, hitting a lot longer approach shots in the greens. I feel like we didn't have a lot of 300 yard approach shots in the greens that that is. So the, the yeah. back then that, that shot was a lot more difficult, whereas we've gotten a lot more used to it now. Uh, hole 10, non-drivable par four, not worth talking about too much. Hole 11, par three, drivable. Yeah. <laughs> drivable par three. Uh, yeah, I'm, we don't need to talk about that one too much. Yeah, we're hole. in the we're in the doldrums of this course right now because hole twelve is also a non drivable par four. <laughs> uh, Ho- hopefully, you guys have goldentfan.com uh, pulled up and are following with us hole by hole on this. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier for you and help you visualize prior to going on playing as this gets released at midnight this evening. Yep. So hole twelve, non drivable par four, uh, down six green. So that's a good opportunity for bite and chase it at the hole. Good opportunity for a hole out there. Uh, now we get back to some interesting holes. Hole 13 uh, is a hole is a par five, not drivable. There's no drivable par fives on this course, but uh, uh, blasting it usually way to the right, and then usually like a, a three wood or a five wood in from there. There's an island that in theory you could go to. Never gone to it. I don't uh, think. It, it's I've I've been on it. I don't know what the benefit of it is other than like in a daily or something. If you were trying to get a straight wind and had a repeatable shot to make sure you're on that island every time, but there's just no reason to risk it. In my opinion, like a little auto bud. A little auto bud. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hole fourteen, a non drivable Are there any drivable par fours on this back nine? Only on the front side, apparently. <laughs> uh, non drivable par four. Um, this one can be a little di- difficult because there's not really a great way to blast a drive out there. There's some trees up near the green that uh, kind of blocking your approach from the left. So you wanna you wanna be as far right in the fairway. So a lot of times I'm hitting almost like a three hybrid off the tee, and giving myself a, a two ninety driver a driver in. Yeah, pull this hole up on Golden Tee Fan, and you're going to see that there's a bunker just shy of the water. I'm basically trying to line up my drive and hit it just short of the bunker on the right-hand portion of the bunker, which, to Tony's point, there are trees blocking the left portion of the green. This is, number one, going to give you a better angle coming into this green, and number two, you're going to have a nice wood into this. Uh, So you're going to have backspin, you're going to have bite, as opposed to trying to do a big, long drive and all of a sudden you have to cut a shot 
doing half C, half three going into the screen, uh, which makes it a lot more difficult if you're going to do that option. I, I would say 99% of the time, I'm just going to hit it short of the bunker, take my wood in the green, hopefully get my eagle and move on. Yeah. Uh, birdie, not eagle. I mean, oh, goodness. eagle would be great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, our, we, we have a drivable par four. It's the first one of the back nine, hole 15. Uh, and uh, actually, I would say a lot easier than some of the other drivable, drivable par fours that we've had up to this point. Uh, pretty, you know, I think I, am, I end up hitting a tee a lot of times on this, uh, on this hole and uh, floating it in nice and soft and, and ha- leaving myself with a putt. Yeah, just straight over the trees. I think it's usually a high five, high four, yeah, something I think like in our, that. In our invite, you didn't get to play this hole, but uh, I think I had a high four wood and floated it in there. And you, prob- you probably pointed it. Uh, I don't believe so. <laughs> uh, hole 16, par five. A uh, couple, couple different ways to play this hole. So uh, from the back box, so there's three tee boxes, I think. Uh, from the back box... I'm going, and maybe even the middle box, I'm, I'm turning a few to the right and playing a big C3, kind of wrapping it around the trees and into the fairway. And that usually leaves 230 to 260 yards, depending on where in the, on the green the pin is. Uh, but from the front box, you can't really do that. And so I end up hitting a big A1, kind of just over, there's two bunkers out there. Uh, you want to clear those and then you leave yourself deep in the rough. Uh, and there's no trees over there, so you don't really have tree issues uh, and hitting in from there. So that's kind of the two strategies that I have on this hole. Yeah, great call out. Uh, hole 17, par 3. Uh, big slope on this green, lots of different directions you can, uh, you can come at this green from. Usually pretty short, between 80 and 120 yards. Um, but you're gonna, it can be a down 10, it could be a left or a right 10. Uh, but, uh, but I think we've gotten pretty used to holes like this. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that we just had, I, don't, I can't remember if it was Throwback Thursday with Rocky Hollow, but mm-hmm. a lot of these late par threes that you see in the game, whether it's Bear Lodge or Rocky Hollow, you're going to see this where you have a short iron in your hand, potentially even a wedge with a down 10 green. Uh, obviously, late in the round, your winds are picking up to 14, 15 miles an hour. So you should be pretty comfortable with a hole like this, this late in your round. So obviously, birdie's the standard. Move on to hole 18. And I think we've gotten round. used to, and certainly not something we ever did back, you know, we had tees back then, but I, I almost never low-teed a 9-iron or low-teed a wedge. We've gotten pretty used to, I have at least, yep. low-teeing. Uh, high, high, high loft irons and wedges in order to trim off a little bit of distance um, and going from there. And especially into a down, tr- down 10 green, do a low tee with some backspin. That's a pretty good, just kind of soft check and, and pull up the hill. Uh, finally, hole 18, Ooh. drivable par 4. A lot of variety here. Uh, the setup in our invite uh, was quite long, although it had a big tailwind. Um, I ended up trying a full, full uh, C3 3 wood. I went just a little bit long, uh, but there are setups here where you can go just straight at it. Um, it's going to be pretty dependent on tee box and wind. So uh, par for this course, I would say kind of standard par is 26. Uh, you've got hole one or hole two, which might occasionally be drivable, which could in theory get it all the way up to a minus 28 par. Uh, this is kind of in that the 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 years of courses that Jim Z wanted the the par range between 26 and, and 28. Uh, I think he's seen the, seen the data now for people that like courses with would with much better or higher pars so now we a lot of the courses have pars of 29 30 31 
Um, so, you know, there's a lot of non-drivable par fours here, and uh, so, but it gives you an opportunity for some hole outs as well. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to Bear Lodge. Like I said, it was it was a course I struggled with uh, when it yeah, first came out that, that, that entire year. I definitely struggled with it. Uh, after Bear Lodge, we got two more courses uh, prior to ship date. So yeah. we're, we're three weeks and a day until ship date. So we got 2019 right around the corner. We got Evan Gossett. We got John Daly. Uh, they said there's still new features that are coming along. They slowly are still releasing their new putters. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about. The, the fact that a dunk is now going to be worth twice as many GSP. Yeah. Did, did you not? Did you see that or not? I, I saw that. I saw the uh, little chip in, which it didn't have the screen overlay, so I'm guessing there's a hole this year that's going to be a drivable par 5 because someone was off the green, made like a little 8-yard chip or whatever it was. They got GSP, but it was doubled. You could tell that it was short enough where it would have been, you know, a standard... Two three hundred GSP, but I think it was like four hundred eighty three GSP because they dunked their chip in. They didn't run it on the green; they just kapow right in the hole. It'll be interesting because, uh, as I said on Facebook today, not not all dunks are created equal. I, I feel like there's some <laughs> that are just pure dunk swish art. And then there are yeah, just clean right in. And then there's some that kind of rattle around a little bit. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they consider a, a dunk. Uh, so again, that was the I think that was the only news that we got this week was that uh, dunks were going to be worth twice as many GSP. So hopefully next week we're, we'll be able to talk about the, the newest remastered course. I think we're, we're hoping to talk about it this week, but uh, give us some content for next week. And, and, then, and, and Evan Gossett. We can't I, forget about I, Evan Gossett. I mean, can't we'll, wait we'll, to spend, see his face. we'll spend at least 30 to 45 seconds on that. Is he going to have facial hair? Is he not going to have oh, facial that, hair? That's interesting. What can I dress Evan up as that is the most offensive? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, willing that, to take suggestions, maybe in my email inbox. Yeah, that 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 could put someone on tilt for sure. So uh, anyway, yeah, if you're playing against Evan in a match, maybe change your character to Evan and put him in just a really raunchy outfit. And see if he's distracted <laughs> by his naked body. But, All right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that'll wrap up uh, wrap up the podcast this week. We've got uh, the tournaments that uh, if you can make them to uh, coming up. We've got Wisconsin one in three weeks. We've got Richmond in four weeks, and we've got TOC, which is kind of invite-only in, in five weeks. Oh, did you hear that ding? Ding. Yeah, well, we just oh. I just got a sponsor email as oh. we were doing our podcast here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. We're going we're gonna to kind of read through this here. Oh, goodness. It, this is a great concept. Okay. This, uh, this is some submitted from Kevin Lindsay at IT. Oh. So... He's starting a new company, and if you guys have heard of Aflac Supplemental Insurance that mm-hmm. would go alongside with your regular job, sure. Kevin Lindsay is now starting a supplemental PTO policy. Oh. So it wow, states here it states here that, that he feels he gets good benefits through incredible technologies doing okay. his job. But with his own company starting Kevin Lindsay Supplemental PTO he can just take off days. So if he goes to a tournament, Cincinnati, for example, doesn't show up to work on Monday, that's no, still no covered. Deal. Yeah, no big deal. He still gets paid. He still gets that income, even though he missed work and didn't provide a benefit to IT for that day. Huh. It seems like maybe Kevin Lindsay was on supplemental PTO this entire week. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I, but I guess if he's got the, you know, the supplemental PTO policy for himself, then... Uh, 
I guess that makes some sense. Yeah, I mean, I know sometimes he does work from home, and he's able to release things from home, put up posts on social media, but I, I don't know, maybe his phone battery died. Something was going on. But with Kevin Lindsay's supplemental PTO time, you're going to ensure that you still have that income stream going directly deposited to your account. Does this work for bangers? So if I'm a banger and I, I decide not to play my 50 rounds today, can I apply for my supplemental insurance supplemental banger insurance that's really interesting because as a banger i don't believe you would have a standard unless you're you know doing your own self-insurance as single payer um, i don't know if you'd be able to do this mm. that that's my maybe only concern. another opportunity for kevin yeah well supplemental uh, banger insurance yeah we'll, we'll we'll see maybe we get you know a question in the mailbag segment next week regarding mm -hmm. this um, and, and we'll we'll reach out to Kevin see if he has he has anything to add to this. It sounds like he's trying to get a website up, gonna put some more info out there as he's getting this company started. All right, looking so, forward to it. Yeah, shout out to Kevin Lindsay. We hope you guys enjoy the classic course of the week. Let's yeah, let's uh, have some fun on Bear Lodge this week, and we'll talk next week. Yeah, please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the Podmore Get Better podcast. Thanks, everyone. See ya. All right. This is the time most of you have been waiting for for the podcast. Right now, we're going to break down the classic course of the week. It's going to be a classic course from 2013. Yeah, so this week we had Celtic Shores, and I actually uh, I ended up enjoying uh, Celtic a little bit more than I thought I would. Uh, I agree. It's, you know, again, it's one of these courses that's not quite as old as some of the other throwbacks. Uh, this one being a 2013 course, not quite as old as some of the classic courses I, I'd, I'd prefer to play, but... Uh, and it, but it actually happens to fall on a time when I pl probably played the least golden tee out of the last 15 years. Hmm. I, I played a whole bunch from 2001 to 2010, and then uh, took a couple years off. Not off completely, still went to a couple tournaments, but really didn't play all that much. And then you know, over the last few years, probably ramped my game back, back up in terms of volume. Uh, but the classic course of the week this week is Bear Lodge. Ooh! Ooh, all right. I, I like it. I was uh, a little streaky on that course. Uh, very hit and miss for me. Uh, yeah, and and uh, you know we talk about uh, one of the courses, the, the course that I think about when we talk about par varying that we've covered in the last month or so is Indigo Mound. Yeah. Uh, and par can vary on this course, but it's uh, I would say a lot more rare uh, than Indigo Mound was, and it really starts off on the first couple holes. Hole one uh, is drivable sometimes. And actually, maybe even before I get to that, being a couple borderline drivable holes, and and uh, this seems to me like it might be a street course. Uh, just in terms of if you can get that extra 10 yards of distance, maybe get on hole one, uh, maybe clear some water on par five, like hole six, whatever that hole is, uh, it might be a uh, opportunity to play around with some streak balls. Good deal. So before we tee it off on hole one, I'm going to crack a beer here and toast up Tony All for right. our classic course of the week, Bear Lodge. Oh, beautiful. Delicious. Oh, there, we go. there we go. All right, so Tony, you talked about All hole right. one potentially being drivable with streaks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's 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 a lot of tee boxes on this hole, so it's going to be drivable with non-streaks as well, but I think it just might be that extra percentage drivable with streaks. Get, getting a putt as opposed to a chip potentially. Yep. And so it looks like there's six or so tee boxes here, and I know from the very front it, it can play quite short. We played a well, we we played an invite. <laughs> I played an invite. Will tried to play an invite before, to, so we could warm up on this. Uh, his machine reset before he even got to hold two. 
I, so I tapped free win it. for Tony. Yeah, free free dollars for uh, Tony. Unfortunately, yeah, I got the DNF on that. Uh, I tried to drive hole one, missed my chip, took my birdie, nice and easy, and. I thought so far, back, that's exactly yeah, how I played it. Yeah, I thought in the back of my mind, oh, I can't wait to see the setup on two, and all of a sudden it was a Nighthawk air and free money for Tony Johnson. I love it. <laughs> uh, so uh, next up, hole two. This is a hole I don't remember ever driving back in the day, but I had a setup on it a month or so ago in the invite, and I did drive it. And then in our invite just before this, I was close. I did not get on. Uh, it was... Uh, the front box toward the front of the front box when I had kind of a average-ish wind, but I think with a tail tailwind and I wasn't playing streaks either. So actually, with the the ten yards more distance with those streaks, actually probably would have gotten me on the green. So from the front box, uh, this is potentially drivable. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be laying up into the fairway and, and just kind of taking a five hybrid distance in or something like that. Uh, we're going to plow through some of these uh, less interesting holes. Hole three is a par three. Not much to it. Uh, hole four is a hole that can trip you up occasionally. It's a drivable par four. Lots of tee boxes, so you got a lot of variance on your on your distance. Uh, most of the time for me, it's going to be a high tee, a high tee four wood, a high tee three wood, uh, to make sure you clear those trees. Uh, and it's up slope, so you're going to land pretty soft with a with a high tee backspin. Yeah, back in the day, uh, playing this course without tees, that hole used to give me fits. And I know when we initially, uh, prior to the podcast, had talked about Bear Lodge, Bear Lodge is a course that used to be able to eat you up pretty quick and kind of get you down on your game. It, it could be a pretty frustrating course. So so this course did originally have tees. It and did. It, yes, yes. But, but Maybe one I was thing just that, broke back then. Well, one thing I noticed <laughs> is actually uh, we use tees like penny candy at this point. Uh, I find myself not like I remember back in the day like well I gotta you know try to use as few tees as possible and there's still people that play like that like oh I just you know gotta save a couple cents here a couple cents there that'll add up not me I accidentally use tees sometimes <laughs> <laughs> don't end up moving my tee don't end up high teeing and I just use it for the sheer sport of it uh, but gosh. so I guess that is an example of a hole where back in the day we might have been like well you know I don't necessarily need a tee. But with, with so many par or better than par rounds, it's, you feel like any stroke you can gain, even if it's just a small percentage, it's going to make such a difference in your payout. And, and me personally, I don't I don't have any issue using tees wherever I feel necessary. Yeah, looking up at our uh, big screen here as we look at these screenshots from Eric Nelson on GoldenTeeFan.com, uh, you're correct. This course did use tees, so I don't I don't know if these uh, Coors Lights have killed <laughs> those certain brain cells or I just uh, was that bad of a player, but... Yeah, I, I guess they did have tees, but I remember that hole vividly uh, giving me trouble. As well as this next one, Tony. Yeah, this. Uh, so on goldenteefan.com, they actually say that, so this next one's a par 5, uh, not drivable, uh, plays quite long, and, and on goldenteefan.com, they actually say that there are setups that you can't get there in two. And I'm not sure I disagree with that. Actually, there there are setups where it can be extremely difficult. Uh, your Your gut would want you to go out into the fairway there's like four bunkers out there and ideally you'd clear the water get in between those bunkers uh that can be a little bit dicey you end up in those bunkers occasionally it kind of slopes down towards the bunkers agree uh so usually what i'm doing in it and uh straightest straightest uh dis or shortest distance between two points is a straight line so uh i end up a lot of times going into the rough to the left of those bunkers uh it's a more safe shot in terms of you know you're not going to accidentally go in a bunker and you're going to have between 260 and 300 yards from there, and that's doable. 
uh, even from the rough with a driver. And so that, uh, it, to me, is the safest way to play this is to blast left of the bu those bunkers, if you can get there. Because again, if you're in the back box and you've got a headwind, maybe you can't even get there and you might have to go to the end of the first fairway. Um, and it might be a birdie hole occasionally. Yeah, I, I think those bunkers at the uh, start of the second fairway, I, I got stung with those a couple times. If you do happen to end up in those bunkers, you're not going to be able to make the green here. You're going to be looking at throwing it into the fairway, hopefully having just a nice short iron into the green, taking your birdie and moving on. Uh, and unfortunately, in live prize play, that means you're you're most likely going to drop a, a drop a stroke to a lot of folks. Yep. Uh, hole six, we'll kind of plow through. Not much here. It's an undrivable par four. You're either going to the end of that, that small little fairway, uh, second chunk, or blasting over the trees to have a shorter shot in. Uh, hole seven is a drivable par four. Um, this one definitely gave me fits back in the day. And yes. still probably does. This is a relatively difficult uh, drivable par four on the front nine. Uh, I, in our invite earlier, I ended up playing a full cut six wood high tee um but yeah depending on the wind and depending on what these boxes there's a again this course has a lot of tee boxes uh depending on what tee box you're in uh, it could be a difficult setup yeah as you're trying to cut the ball in it's going to be a variation um of a c3 c c three and a half um yeah. and c three and a half <laughs> I'm going, I'm, you're I'm sending going, that way out i'm, I'm going i'm going next <laughs> level here um but the green does slope down to the right, and, and there's water to the left, there's water short, there's water to the right. Yeah. You are going to have, I believe, uh, some green behind it, a little bit of bunkers. Um, but yeah, th this this hole again, you're going to get a hole that can sting you pretty early in your round. This was uh, this this that hole was in the, the uh, daily contest a couple Fridays ago. Correct. And we played around with uh, Luke and I played around with turning a few to the left, and actually there's a little gap in the trees, uh, trying a full through that. Ooh. Eh, maybe it could work, uh, <laughs> but that's more of a uh, when you have a setup where you can re repeat it. So yeah. like a daily contest, uh, you know. I think that is there. It was a five wood or a six wood, depending. Interesting. Uh, hole eight, par three, not worth no, not worth talking about too much. Uh, hole nine is a non-drivable par five. Uh, you've got. I just said the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. It, so in this case, you feel like you want to go to, there's a little strip of fairway. A landing uh, strip, perhaps. A landing strip. Uh, but uh, I, I almost never go to that strip unless I've got just a dead straight wind. Because uh, it's a pretty skinny strip, and going way to the right in the fairway is not going to preclude, preclude you from getting there in two. Uh, it can be a little bit longer shot, uh, usually a, a 290 driver, a, a regular driver in from the from the fairway, but usually I'm just blasting it deep into the main fairway. Yeah, I, I think as folks are playing this course, if uh, they haven't played it much in the past, they're going to get used to going to that spot in the fairway, long and deep, using a tee, having a long approach into that green. But once you either go straight at that or hit a big C3 to try to get to that long portion of the fairway, uh, you're going to be comfortable with that shot pretty darn quick. Yeah. And we've gotten pretty used to, over the last handful of years, hitting a lot longer approach shots in the greens. I feel like we didn't have a lot of 300-yard approach shots in the greens that that is. So the, the, yeah. back then, that, that shot was a lot more difficult, whereas we've gotten a lot more used to it now. Uh, hole 10, non-drivable par 4, not worth talking about too much. Hole 11, par 3, drivable. Yeah. <laughs> drivable par 3. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm, we don't need to talk about that one too much. Yeah, we're hole. in the we're in the doldrums of this course right now because hole twelve is also a non-drivable par four. <laughs> uh, Ho- hopefully, you guys have GoldenTeeFan.com uh, pulled up and are following with us hole by hole on this. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier for you and help you visualize prior to going out and playing as this gets released at midnight this evening. Yep. So hole twelve, non-drivable par four, uh, down six green. So that's a good opportunity for bite and chase it at the hole. Good opportunity for a hole out there. Uh, now we get back to some interesting holes. Hole 13 uh, is a hole is a par five, not drivable. There's no drivable par fives on this course, but uh, uh, blasting it usually way to the right, and then usually like a, a three wood or a five wood in from there. There's an island that in theory you could go to. Never gone to it. I don't uh, think. It, it's I've I've been on it. I don't know what the benefit of it is other than like in a daily or something. If you were trying to get a straight wind and had a repeatable shot to make sure you're on that island every time, but there's just no reason to risk it, at, in my opinion. Like a little auto bud. A little auto bud. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hole fourteen, a non-drivable. Are there any drivable par fours on this back nine? Only on the front side, yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, non-drivable par four. Um, this one can be a little di- difficult because there's not really a great way to blast a drive out there. There's some trees up near the green that uh, kind of blocking your approach from the left. So you wanna you wanna be as far right in the fairway. So a lot of times I'm hitting almost like a three hybrid off the tee, and giving myself a, a two ninety driver, a driver in. Yeah, pull this hole up on Golden Tee Fan, and you're going to see that there's a bunker just shy of the water. I'm basically trying to line up my drive and hit it just short of the bunker on the right-hand portion of the bunker, which, to Tony's point, there are trees blocking the left portion of the green. This is, number one, going to give you a better angle coming into this green, and number two, you're going to have a nice wood into this. Uh, So you're going to have backspin, you're going to have bite, as opposed to trying to do a big, long drive and all of a sudden you have to cut a shot doing half C, half three going into the screen, uh, which makes it a lot more difficult if you're going to do that option. I, I would say 99% of the time I'm just going to hit it short of the bunker, take my wood in the green, hopefully get my eagle and move on. Yeah. Uh, birdie, not eagle. I mean, oh, goodness. eagle would be great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, our, we, we have a drivable par four. It's the first one of the back nine, hole 15. Uh and uh, actually, I would say a lot easier than some of the other drivable par fours that we've had up to this point. Uh, pretty, you know, I think I, am, I end up hitting a tee a lot of times on this, uh, on this hole and uh, floating it in nice and soft and, and leaving myself with a putt. Yeah, just straight over the trees. I think it's usually a high five, high four, yeah, something I think like in our, that. In our invite, uh, you didn't get to play this hole, but uh, uh, I think I had a high four wood and floated it in there. And you, prob- it you probably pointed it. Uh, I don't believe so. <laughs> uh, hole 16, par 5. A uh, couple couple different ways to play this hole. So uh, from the back box, so there's three tee boxes, I think. Uh, from the back box, I'm going, and maybe even the middle box, I'm, I'm turning a few to the right and playing a big C3, kind of wrapping it around the trees and into the fairway. And that usually leaves 230 to 260 yards, depending on where in the on the green the pin is. Uh, but from the front box, you can't really do that. And so I end up hitting a big A1, kind of just over, there's two bunkers out there. Uh, you want to clear those and then you leave yourself deep in the rough. Uh, and there's no trees over there, so you don't really have tree issues uh, and hitting in from there. So that's kind of the two strategies that I have on this hole. Yeah, great call out. Uh, hole 17, par three. 
Uh, big slope on this green, lots of different directions you can uh, you can come at this green from. Usually pretty short, between 80 and 120 yards. Um, but you're gonna, it can be a down 10, it could be a left or a right 10. Uh, but uh, but I think we've gotten pretty used to holes like this. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say that we just had, I, don't, I can't remember if it was Throwback Thursday with Rocky Hollow, but mm -hmm. a lot of these late par threes that you see in the game, whether it's Bear Lodge or Rocky Hollow, you're going to see this where you have a short iron in your hand, potentially even a wedge, with a down 10 green. Uh, obviously, late in the round, your winds are picking up to 14, 15 miles an hour. So you should be pretty comfortable with a hole like this, this late in your round. So obviously, birdie's the standard. Move on to hole 18. And I think we've gotten used to, and certainly not something we ever did back, you know, we had tees back then, but I, I almost never low teed a 9 iron or low teed a wedge. We've gotten pretty used to, I have at least, yep. low teeing. Uh, high, high, high loft irons and wedges in order to trim off a little bit of distance um, and going from there. And especially into a down, down 10 green, do a low tee with some backspin. That's a pretty good, just kind of soft check and, and pull up the hill. Uh, finally, hole 18, Ooh. drivable par four. A lot of variety here. Uh, the setup in our invite uh, was quite long, although it had a big tailwind. Um, I ended up trying a full, full uh, C3 three wood. I went just a little bit long, uh, but there are setups here where you can go just straight at it. Um, it's going to be pretty dependent on tee box and wind. So uh, par for this course, I would say kind of standard par is 26. Uh, you've got hole one or hole two, which might occasionally be drivable, which could in theory get it all the way up to a minus 28 par. Uh, this is kind of in that the 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 years of courses that Jim Z wanted the the par range between 26 and, and 28. Uh, I think he's seen the, seen the data now for people that like courses with would with, with much better or higher pars. So now we a lot of the courses have pars of 29, 30, 31. Um, so you know there's a lot of non-drivable par fours here, and uh, so but it gives you an opportunity for some holdouts as well. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to Bear Lodge. Like I said, it was it was a course I struggled with uh, when it yeah, first came out that, that, that entire year. I definitely struggled with it. Uh, after Bear Lodge, we got two more courses uh, prior to ship date. So yeah. we're, we're three weeks and a day until ship date. So we got 2019 right around the corner. We got Evan Gossett. We got John Daly. Uh, they said there's still new features that are coming along. They slowly are still releasing their new putters. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about. The, the fact that a dunk is now going to be worth twice as many GSP. Yeah. Did you, did you not? Did you see that or not? I, I, I saw that. I saw the uh, little chip in, which it didn't have the screen overlay, so I'm guessing there's a hole this year that's going to be a drivable par 5 because someone was off the green, made like a little 8-yard chip or whatever it was. They got GSP, but it was doubled. You could tell that it was short enough where it would have been, you know, a standard... Two three hundred GSP, but I think it was like four hundred eighty three GSP because they dunked their chip in. They didn't run it on the green; they just kapow right in the hole. It'll be interesting because, uh, as I said on Facebook today, not not all dunks are created equal. I, I feel like there's some <laughs> that are just pure dunk swish art. And then, they're art, yeah, just clean right in. And then there's some that kind of rattle around a little bit. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they consider a, a dunk. Uh, so again, that was the I think that was the only news that we got this week was that uh, dunks were going to be worth twice as many GSP. So hopefully next week we're, we'll be able to talk about the, the newest remastered course. I think we're, we're hoping to talk about it this week, but uh, give us some content for next week. And, and, then, 
and and Evan Gossett. We can't I, forget about I, Evan Gossett. I mean, can't we'll, wait we'll to spend see his face. we'll spend at least thirty to forty five seconds on that. Is he going to have facial hair? Is he not going to have oh, facial that, hair? That's interesting. What can I dress Evan up as that is the most offensive? Ooh, being? ooh, yeah. I'm willing that, to take suggestions, maybe in my email inbox. Yeah, that 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 could put someone on tilt for sure. So uh, anyway, yeah, if you're playing against Evan in a match, maybe change your character to Evan and put him in just a really raunchy outfit. And see if he's distracted <laughs> by his naked body. But, All right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that'll wrap up uh, wrap up the podcast this week. We've got uh, the tournaments that uh, if you can make them to. Uh, coming up, we've got Wisconsin one in three weeks. We've got Richmond in four weeks, and then we've got TOC, which is kind of invite only in in five weeks. Oh, did you hear that ding? Ding. Yeah, what? we just. Oh. I just got a sponsor email as oh. we were doing our podcast here. Oh my gosh! Uh, let's see. We're gonna we're gonna kind of read through this here. Oh goodness! It, th- this is a great concept. Okay. This uh this is some submitted from Kevin Lindsay at IT. So, he's starting a new company, and if you guys have heard of Aflac Supplemental Insurance that mm-hmm. would go alongside with your regular job, sure. Kevin Lindsay is now starting a supplemental PTO policy. Oh. So, it wow, states here It states here that, that he feels he gets good benefits through incredible technologies doing okay. his job, but with his own company starting Kevin Lindsay Supplemental PTO... He can just take off days. So if he goes to a tournament, Cincinnati, for example, doesn't show up to work on Monday, that's no, still no covered. Deal. Yeah, no big deal. He still gets paid. He still gets that income, even though he missed work and didn't provide a benefit to IT for that day. Huh. It seems like maybe Kevin Lindsay was on supplemental PTO this entire week. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I, but I guess if he's got the, you know, the supplemental PTO policy for himself, then... Uh, I guess that makes some sense. Yeah, I mean, I know sometimes he does work from home, and he's able to release things from home, put up posts on social media, but I, I don't know, maybe his phone battery died. Something was going on. But with Kevin Lindsay's supplemental PTO time, you're going to ensure that you still have that income stream going directly deposited to your account. Does this work for bangers? So if I'm a banger and I, I decide not to play my 50 rounds today, can I... Apply for my supplemental insurance, supplemental banger insurance. That's really interesting because as a banger, I don't believe you would have a standard unless you're, you know, doing your own self insurance as single payer. Um, I don't know if you'd be able to do this. Mm. That that's my Maybe only concern. another opportunity for Kevin. Yeah, we'll supplemental uh, banger insurance. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Maybe we get you know a question in the mailbag segment next week regarding mm-hmm. this. Um, and, and we'll we'll reach out to Kevin see if he has he has anything to add to this. It sounds like he's trying to get a website up, gonna put some more info out there as he's getting this company started. All right, looking so, forward to it. Yeah, shout out to Kevin Lindsay. We hope you guys enjoy the classic course of the week. Let's yeah, let's uh, have some fun on Bear Lodge this week, and we'll talk next week. Yeah, please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the Podmore Get Better podcast. Thanks, everyone. See ya. All right, Tony, so I'm excited for this part. Uh, Saving Strokes, we've covered some of your guys' questions, comments, concerns about how you guys can improve your game. Uh, One of the things that kind of ties into that is we're actually going to open it up to a mailbag. And I've gotten letters in the mail via Overnight Federal Express. I've gotten Facebook Messenger. I've gotten text messages here. So I'm excited for this portion. Well, and I think that maybe we didn't get as many uh, through the actual mail as we expected this week because it turns out 
it seems like the entire USPS was down this week. Yeah. Because oh. I know that nobody got their summer swing cards Ooh, getting much dicey. later than they expected. And so I think that maybe next week when the when the actual mail starts full, flowing again, you know, then we'll, we'll get some more questions. Yeah, we got the FedEx overnight ones in. But, yeah, if, if you guys don't hear your questions being read uh, on, on the podcast here and you sent it with the Postal Service, I can promise you that it should be here between this Sunday and next Sunday, and we'll get to them next week. So, Tony, I'm going to... I'm going to pull out the mailbag here. Uh, a couple of the letters we got here. Okay. So Stirring let's up. see. Uh, Dear Podmore Get Better Podcast, I'm having a tough time getting to some par fives and long par fours. Okay. What can I do to help my short knocker drives? It's embarrassing when my friends see my player stats and my long drive is only 467 yards. Please help. Signed, P. Luna. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with that name. Uh, and I think that I've got a, a couple pieces of advice for him. Great, great. Uh, so certainly someone that only has a long drive of 467 yards, I'm guessing is playing stock balls because otherwise they for sure would have something longer than that. So a couple pieces of advice. Uh, if you really want truly long drives, the spinny balls might uh, might help you out and get a little extra distance. Yeah, on that previously A1. covered. Uh, perhaps uh, you know go to Monument Valley. Or uh, get some uh, invites on that and go to hole 18. Hopefully get you, get yourself past 467 yards. I, I saw a video this week on Facebook that uh, someone had, had tied Paul's, uh, I'm sorry, P. Luna's uh, long drive here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, you know, go, go away from those stock balls. Go with the, the uh, streaks, uh, the spinnies. Really, any ball besides stock, and you're going to be able to get that, that long drive. That, that, that's a great call out. And it, and it sounds like this. Uh fan is uh, P. Luna. I, I would encourage you to go to a Golden Tee tournament. As a newer player, I'm guessing you're a newer player, you yeah. can go to a Golden Tee tournament and see these pros and these bangers actually hit A1s and C3s and really pick their brains regarding clubs and balls and which hole you can improve that long drive on. That's good advice. Yeah, alright, next up, let's uh, I'll take this one here. Uh, my husband is a very established Golden Tee player. Okay. Yet it seems like every time he goes to a national tournament, he won't answer my calls or texts after 8 p.m. Do these tournaments really go on all night? Is his phone dead? Is he flirting with other women? Signed, A. Haas. Hmm. All right. Uh, so, I mean, these tournaments, depends on the tournament, right? Uh, certainly some of them uh, go later than others. Usually a bigger qualifier means that you're going to have a, uh, the tournament's going to go a little bit later. Uh, so you know your uh, your husband might be busy in the qualifier. Uh, additionally, uh, you know, once the drinks start flowing, uh, you never know what's going to happen with that phone. Might get dropped. Might get turned yeah. off. Your battery uh, can you know, die. The battery. Charge, I mean, charge your phone. The charge whole phone. iPhone thing. So if your husband has an iPhone, perhaps he's running into that uh, that that issue that was brought up a few months back about uh, purposely uh, lowering battery life. So that could be one thing. Uh, but yeah, I would. Uh, you sound like a supportive uh, wife, and I'd uh, encourage you to keep supporting your husband and his endeavors. And uh, yeah, good luck to your husband, whoever that might be. Yeah, I I, I think that's great feedback. I, I for for this wife who's so supportive, and you know, she states her husband's an established Golden Tee player. So to let him go to these tournaments and keep improving his game and place well, I'm sure he's doing just fine. And, and you guys will be a great successful cu- couple for the long term. All right, next up, let's see. Uh, we got, hello, I'm a very established Golden Tee player. 
Yet at most tournaments, I feel like I can't make it past 8 p.m. in the evening due to excessive drinking. Mm. In this regard, I'm looked down upon as a purple bracket drinker, but I'm a gold bracket player. People often take my photo after passing out. How can I pace myself for an entire weekend? Signed, A. Haas. Well, well, uh, A. Haas, uh, I guess, you know, as, a, as someone who likes craft beer... Yeah, uh, and you know you get to these tournaments, maybe a little bit of nerves, mm-hmm. and you want to you know get some beers in here early. Uh, maybe go with a little bit lower alcohol by volume. Sometimes those craft beers can sneak up on you. Also, maybe don't do shots in the morning mm. or uh, early in the afternoon. And that'll oh. help you get through that eight o'clock barrier that you seem to be uh, struggling with. Yes, yeah, so some folks I know I've talked to at tournaments. You know they do start drinking early in the morning. But in between beers, they mix in their gervais juice with all that protein. Mm, or a water. Yeah, so, so that, that could be a great option for you, a Haas, to uh, help you last later in the evening past 8 p.m. Uh, hope, hopefully you're successful in that. Hopefully we've given you some advice that you can try at your next live tournament. Yeah, also maybe um, cocaine. Ooh. That would keep you awake as well. Ooh. Yeah, Probably that's... don't do that. Okay, good deal. All right, next up, let's see. We'll take this one. Hi, Podmore Get Better Podcast. I've missed the gold bracket cut at two of my last couple major tournaments. This is sounding familiar. Yeah, yet find myself making the cut regularly at all the other main national tournaments. Do you have any advice for me to mentally focus during the World Championships and the year-end Houston tournament? Signed, A. Fox. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this, I mean, I, I've got to guess at who this is, but, uh, you know, we won't, we won't out him. Uh, but yeah, my advice for a qualifier is, you know, uh, you know, act like you've been there before, you know, know that I always try to shoot par or, you know, try to focus in on some par rounds. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about hole outs. So, uh, I often play what we used to call so be safe. So, right. Hey, no reason to chase at holes, play safe, uh, stay, uh, stay away from water. You don't want to lose two or three strokes at a time. Uh, and uh, and I, as always, a couple beers always helps. Yeah. So I know you've previously talked about in some of our podcasts where if you do get wet on a hole, that you've talked about trying to minimize your loss, not yes. necessarily trying to try a chip over water. On like a Rhine, six iron maybe? Yeah, on Rhineland and trying to get birdie, but then you get wet again or you come up short, you go long, and all of a sudden it goes from could have been an easy par by just throwing it on the green making your putt. And you're looking at bogey, double bogey, triple bogey. You gotta avoid those red numbers. And and that can be the difference, I think, between making the cut and going down to the purple bracket. It's yeah. just not taking your lumps, moving on, forgetting about that hole and going. Yeah, never do worse than par. All right, looks like uh we got about twelve more, but let's just pick two here. Uh just for time's sake. Dear Podmore, get better podcast. Thanks for opening up a mailbag segment. I'm a home machine owner. Ooh, this is right up your alley, Tony. Probably got some good advice here. I'm a home machine owner and travel to a good amount of tournaments. However, I find myself reverting back to my comfort zone of Milwaukee Brewers apparel and only drinking Bush Light. How can I step out of my comfort zone? Signed, D. Sandmeyer. Okay. Uh, So we've had a couple sponsors uh, in terms of apparel. We've had yeah. a couple sponsors that might uh, we would encourage you to go to uh, jazzesjeans.com, uh, I think is the website, and, and get some get some di- uh, different apparel there. Uh, I know that uh, you might want to talk to Wes 
Minnesota guy. He's got some wonderful apparel options. Yeah. Uh, anything purple and gold would be great. Maybe uh, Vikings colors would be a good yeah, choice. Yeah, t- tis the season right now, actually. Yeah. He- he'd be right in step as baseball season is ending, transitioning into football season. Uh, D. Sandmeyer, I'm not sure where you're from or... You know, if you were born and raised in Milwaukee or your affiliation to the Brewers. But, yeah, coming from Tony and I, I would say the purple and gold. Any Minnesota Vikings gear, we're, we're pretty tame with yeah. that. But I, I think that would be a step in getting out of your comfort zone. So thanks for submitting that. All right, we'll go to the last one here. Let's see. Hello. I've gained a vast amount of knowledge regarding Golden Tee during my many years of playing. Oftentimes, I engage newer players in conversation and find they just don't want to listen about the intricacies of Golden Tee. Is this a general th- generational thing, or am I looking too much into this? Signed, D. Weiss. Mm. Well, I think everybody has their own style, right? You know, it could be, it could be generational. Some people really want to analyze. Also, some people probably want to buy, um, use the, uh, make, build your own bag. Ooh. And, uh, you know, spend the $5 there and, and make a bag. And so uh, it could be that the, the people you're talking to might not just be, might just not be talkers. I know a lot of people nowadays wear headphones when they're playing Golden Tee. And so a great uh, point. they could be not used to someone chatting them up. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I would, I would encourage uh, D. Weiss to uh, keep having those conversations, keep attending tournaments, and uh, keep trying to uh, make friends. Yeah, sp- spread the good word. I mean, you, you talk about the intricacies, and Tony has broken that down previously, talking about having a 9-iron with a 10-win turning left left once or right once, I, I think that's great. You're trying to share the wealth of the game. Um, hopefully these players are receptive to it if you've been around that long and have the intricacies and are able to speak on like you mentioned. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a really good uh, first swipe at our uh, email segment. Uh, I, as Will said, we want to encourage people to keep sending these in. That was a great first batch of questions. But, uh, yeah, hopefully next week we'll have some more good ones. Welcome to this week's Podmore Get Better podcast. We've got Tony Johnson here. We've got Will Sandstead. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend. It is Sunday, September 2nd, and we are a mere three weeks away from uh, full course release. Ooh, exciting time of Getting the year. Getting down to it. We might actually get some content yeah, when yeah. new courses come out. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we missed out a little bit uh, coming in. We had uh, some news planned. We were hoping for the second Golden T4 course to be remastered and yep. officially announced. Uh, just haven't heard anything. Nothing posted on the website. We were waiting for a big, big reveal about Evan's character. Uh, they had the YouTube video with the Rivals mode and totally excluded Evan. Yeah, I didn't totally understand that because we've already kind of seen him, right? He's mm-hmm. wearing all gold, unless they're planning on changing that. Well, I guess it's, that's just the outfit he happens to be wearing. But uh, So, yeah, I can't wait to see Evan's face. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. The the avatar kind of looks like the uh, old Master P with his uh, banana suit on for <laughs> any of you old schoolers. Uh, just yeah, yeah. a big bright yellow outfit. Uh, other things going on in the news. Last week while we were doing the podcast, they were in the middle of the Cincinnati tournament. Just want to give a quick rundown on that real quick. Uh, Gold Bracket uh, had some good strong runs. Mark Stenmark took first place. Sean Dervey took second. Paul Luna took third. And Short fourth, yeah, fourth place was uh, Orlando Ayala. So great showing for him. That's awesome. Uh, purple bracket rundown. Fourth place was Brad Baird. Third was Luke Sponseller. Second one was, was Kenny Callis, uh, world championship participant. And first, maybe who uh, 
I was a little hungover from that week and didn't get to release everything, but IT's own Kevin Lindsay. Ooh, yeah. show for he's, him. Uh, he's been bulldozing some purples here lately. Yeah, he needs to make a main bracket. Any Anything worth noting in the uh, from the qualifier in Cincinnati? Anybody make the cut that you know we might have not expected to? Uh, I didn't have the full breakdown in it. Uh, so uh, I noticed Andy Fox made the cut. Ooh, so ooh, that's uh, big. I know it, you know he had missed a couple recently, but uh, he did make that cut. So congratulations that, to Andy. That, that's huge. We'll, uh, we'll <laughs> and he managed to draw him out in the first round. Yeah, we have uh, we have some mailbag questions that we kind of touched upon uh, before, uh, and and I think one of the respondents to our call out for text, emails, and messages. Um, made mention about you know getting jitters during tournaments and everything so we'll kind of give that a tease as we lead into uh, just some other quick things with uh, the news coming up here we have the Wisconsin Open uh, four or five days after new courses are released on September 29th the Club Lucky uh, tournament in uh, Madison Wisconsin October 4th through the 7th and oh, no, 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 oh I'm sorry that I goofed is, that. uh, that's, that's Richmond. Richmond I will be there Yes. Uh, and the Club Lucky one is the weekend after that. Yes, so I, I jotted like that down. It's like the 11th or something like that. So. so we've got Richmond, October 4th to the 7th, Club Lucky the following week, uh, around the 12th, 11th, yep. 12th, 13th. And, yeah, so that's that basically leads everything up to uh, the end of the year, uh, Top Gun, Little Gun in Houston. Yep. So, Tony, you're going to be uh, out in Richmond, it sounds like. Uh, I'm going to try to make it out there, and I know you talked about doing the podcast from there. I think that's... Uh, awesome idea where we could get some insight from some fellow players uh, if you guys are getting sick of Tony and I and uh, we had Andy Fox as a special guest earlier in the year but I think Tony would would have a great job out there to uh, talk to some players yeah we can uh, do it uh, maybe in, in chunks we'll talk about new courses maybe get people's opinions of the new courses and maybe I'll just walk around the bar with a mic and yeah. ask people questions kind of like, like a live Rick, interview yeah kind of like Richard King on goldenttv.com uh, with the exception of just straight audio no video portion yeah <laughs> so uh, a, li- a little uh a little more baseline on that but i i think that would be a great great thing for us 